Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Evan Roberts. Tiki Barber. It's Evan and Tiki on WFAN, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. I have a saying in life, and that saying is that losers lose. Losers will always find a way to lose. And last night I couldn't sleep at night because we all witnessed one of the biggest losers in sports history find a new creative way to lose. And while I wasn't rooting for the Detroit Lions by any stretch, I couldn't sleep because it reminded me that that is the future of the New York Jets, the future of the New York Knicks, the future of the New York Mets. Oh, come on. That (laughs) will get close. We'll even think in the midst of that game, it's going to happen. See, Andy Chavez catch. And at the end of the day, you know that losers will lose. And last night in front of America, we saw our country's biggest loser remind us just who in the hell they are. They are losers, just like the Jets are losers, just like the Knicks and Nets are losers, just like the Mets are losers. So you could save the tape from January 29th, 2024, when one of those teams gets close. And you think, this is it. Because you know there was a guy and gal in the city of Detroit thinking at 24-7, this is us. This is it. This is the moment. And then so many things that we will discuss on this show today occurred that sealed the fate of those losers. And I say that with compassion. I don't say that to be a douche. Like, I feel them because I am them. We are them. But last night, in front of millions and millions of people, just understand we all saw our future. Losers lose. Speaking of losers, your buddy Dan Campbell. What's up, Teak? Why am I friends with Jet fans? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and Nick fans well, and Matt fans. No, We're all no, together. No, just right now, Jet fans. Okay. Why am I f- friends with Jet fans who see losing of another team as equivalent to their losses and their lives over the years, and that any future prospects of the Jets getting to a Super Bowl or winning a championship are clouded by the the ghost of all the losers that came before. Why? Did you watch last night? That's why. I did watch last night, but I think that, I mean, it's not loserish. It's just they lost because of math. 
Dan Campbell lost because of math, and I hate it for him because I want the NFL to go back to being old school. You got points, kick, take the damn points and kick field goals. But, I mean, the only way to break a loser mentality, a loser self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. a loser, I don't know, aura that hangs over you forever is to go win. I'm yeah. a loser. Yeah. Right. And the only way that happens if you don't think you're a loser. And so I think I think the crazy thing about what you're saying, and again, from the outside, 30,000 feet, you're right. The loser always finds a way to lose. Yeah. Because that's what happens. That's what we do. But you can't think that way. And you can't believe that the teams are going to ever think the that way. The entire postseason, which I nailed, by the way, congratulations to me, a Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl one thing I fell back on was the Buffalo Bills will lose. They are losers. The Detroit Lions will lose. They are losers. <laughs> and, by the way, the Jets, the Knicks, the Nets, the Mets, they're not the only ones. Like, the Minnesota Vikings are losers. <laughs> I'm a loser. The Atlanta Falcons, sell those. They're losers. The Cleveland Indians, and I only call them that because that's when they had this. They're losers. See the way they lost two World Series in the last 35 years. So losers lose. And it's scary because I just know deep down Julius will be fine. The Knicks will make their run. And when they're good and ready, they will lose. But let's get down to the real math on this. You said math. Math is what cost Detroit. Mm-hmm. I want to make this very clear. There are a myriad of reasons why the Detroit Lions blew a 24-7 to game. But a lot of eyes are on you right now, Tiki, because you are Dan Campbell's biggest supporter. Mm -hmm. You are Dan Campbell's guy. And Dan Campbell is taking a lot of heat. Again, he's not the only reason they lost. But some of his decisions, and I actually made a list of five decisions that he made that were brain dead. Yep. But let's get to the one America's talking about. You're at your water cooler today. Maybe a little Taylor Swift. Did she say I love you to Travis Kelsey? A little bit of that. A little bit of this. A little bit of Mahomes. But a lot of... Don't you kick the field goal up 24-10 with a fourth and two from the 28? A little bit of, hey, when you're down three with seven minutes to go, do you kick a field goal with fourth and three from the 30? So I ask you, as Dan Campbell's biggest supporter, yes, did your boy F up? Well, he didn't because math tells him that he's right. The analytics tell you that you should do that. And it's like minuscule percentage points higher of success, meaning winning the game mm-hmm. if you go for it on – both of those four, fourth downs. The first one, I think it was 90.5%. Think about that. Wait, so, so let, explain this to me. So if they convert. If they convert. No, 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 no. Just going for it. Not right. even converting. Right. If they go for it on fourth down, their chances of winning are 90.5%. Oh, my God. Which sounds amazing. <laughs> amazing. And so you go look at the little details. But when you kick the field goal, yeah. the chances of winning. It's not getting the first down. The chances of winning the game from that point. I mean, there's seven minutes left. They still have a lead. The chance of winning the game are 90.3%. So it's the same thing. It's tiny. It's minuscule. But the NFL has become obsessed with math. Mm-hmm. And look, I've known Dan Campbell for a really long time. Back to not, before the turn of the century, Dan Campbell and I were friends. And that Dan Campbell I knew was, at least he presented, because I know he's a smart guy despite how he presents, biting kneecaps and everything else. He was a P.E. major coach and P.E. major type of football, right? We're going to run through the wall. We're going to bite your kneecaps off. We're going to knock you unconscious. Maybe you got to knock ourselves out to do so, but we're going to get up and we're going to do it again. It was, it was like basic football, 
all the hard-nosed, like, it's nonsense, but it's reality that we live by. Take the points when you can get the points. And Dan turned into a math guy. And the analytics tell you to go for it in those situations, both of them. The second one I don't have that much of a problem with. But to go for it in those situations, and he did. And it cost them. Now, the other things cost them more, Yeah, but those are the ones that All we'll right, talk about. Let, Here's why I forgive him, though. You forgive him? Yes. This is why I forgive Dan Go Campbell. ahead. One, he's my friend. <laughs> but, 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 but two. Yes. He's been doing this all year long. That is true. You can't just all of a sudden just say, well, you know, it worked It worked in the divisional round. Uh, you know, it worked in the wild card round. Or not the – yeah, they played in the wild card round. It, it, no, they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Who, no, San Francisco had to buy week. Right? It worked in the wild card round because they did it against Green Bay. They did it against Tampa. The Rams. Uh, no, the Rams. That's right. They did it. They do it all season long. They have done it they all season. They did it against the Cowboys. Now, it doesn't yeah. work, but yeah. it's just philosophy. Yeah. It's what he believes in. It's how he It's how he wants to be aggressive, and he wants his guys to play that way. And if uh, their safety or cornerback doesn't let a ball hit him in the face mm-hmm. and pop up and get caught by Brandon Ayuk because a damn ladybug landed on his shoe before <laughs> the game started, <laughs> right, they probably win the game. Yeah. And so it's easy to criticize him, but math has taken over our sports. Not just football. No, no, I guess all of them. Okay. I, first of all, there are many reasons the Detroit Lions prove to America they're losers. It wasn't one reason. <laughs> Josh Reynolds dropping a pass, yep. bad play call. There's a lot of things that led to this kind of collapse. But let's get to this kick a field goal, go for it thing. Let's attack this whole they've been doing it all year thing, which is true. The Detroit Lions go for it on fourth down more than any other team in the NFL. Since Dan Campbell has come into the league, they go for it on fourth down more than any other team in the NFL. That is true. It's 100%. I'm glad we put the facts out there. But in every situation, are they up by 14 with a chance to make the NFC Championship game a three-score game? Are they? No. Because the answer is no. A lot of the times they go for it on fourth down are situations where we would say, sure, go for it on fourth down. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Why not? Some of the situations are, it's borderline, but I get it. I'm sitting there like we're all sitting there, just a red-blooded American football fan. And I said to myself, if you go for it and you do the big hulking, let's step on their throats, you are presenting something that numbers do not count. You know what that is? What is that? Momentum. Yeah. You have the chance to take that building, which sounded like Barkley Center for half the game. That's an insult. And you had a chance to bring it alive. You had a chance to take a championship-caliber team and wake them up. Now, I get it. Michael Badgley lines up for a kick. Kick is blocked. The same thing could happen. Of course, Michael Badgley could miss a kick. I'll give you a little factoid. Michael Badgley didn't attempt any field goals of 40 yards or longer mm-hmm. outside of a dome. Yeah. So I get it. There's a lot of risk involved. Yeah, and you know what else? 40-plus, 45-plus-yard field goals. You know what the success percentage is? 77%. 77. So you're going to compare 77% of making this and then giving them the football on the 40-whatever, 42-yard, 47-yard, no, 37-yard line versus, and momentum shifting as well, versus a 90% chance to win the game. That's where I'm talking about I math, understand. Right? 90 and a half percent is greater than 77. Do you think Dan that, Campbell made the decision because no, of I math? think somebody is telling him to do it. I think someone is, and because they all have these guys. They all have someone sitting up there with a protractor and a calculator and everything else and talking about, well, the percentage will tell you this. So uh, just giving you the numbers, 
right? Like passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you the numbers. I'm not telling you to do it, but I'm just telling you the numbers, right? That's what that's what this league has turned into. And Dan has used it to an advantage, to a to a great um, a success rate. Why? Because he's got some good players. Like Jared Goff is a good player. Jamison Williams, despite dropping the pass, is a good player. Uh, 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 Amon Ross St. Brown, good player. Jameer Gibbs, good player. Like, good players who let them down in the moments that mattered the most no doubt. in this game. No doubt. I'll tell you another way, another area that, to me, was on coaching. Because it's not all on coaching, as you just laid out. But I made a list of Dan Campbell F-ups. I did. <laughs> because, again, losers lose. But you try to figure out, well, what makes the loser lose? Sometimes bad decisions make the loser lose. And I thought maybe even worse than not kicking the field goal up 24-10, maybe worse than not kicking the field goal with a chance to tie it with seven minutes to go, was the play right before that. They had a third and four. And I thought Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, I know he's the offensive coordinator, so I guess we can blame Ben Johnson, but I look at the head coach as the CEO, it's on him. They announced to the world they were going to go for it on fourth down. You want to know why? Because on third and four, they ran the ball. Of course. Except my issue was they ran the ball with Ross St. Brown. They didn't run the ball with David Montgomery. That was too cute. They didn't run the ball with Jameer Gibbs. They got way too cute. They ran the ball with Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a hell of a player, but he's had 20 carries the entire season. He's had zero carries in the postseason. So instead of running the ball with the backs that were effective in this game, Losers lose. They do things that don't make sense. They do things that give you that better chance to fulfill the prophecy of being a loser. So on fourth and four, you run the ball with Ross St. Brown, and then you're like, all right, we're going for it. And we know that didn't work. Losers put themselves in a position to lose. And I love biting kneecaps. Well, no, no, I don't love biting kneecaps. I love that he said, let's bite some kneecaps. Let's be tough. Let's be rugged. But those decisions sucked, bro. And those decisions are why we sit here today looking at the city of Detroit saying, how are we going to F this up? What's Tom Thibodeau going to do in the fourth quarter of the game against the Celtics in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals? What is Carlos Mendoza going to do in game seven of the NLCS? What's he going to do that's going to draw up another example of losing in this town? Because I just saw what Detroit did. And you can't defend those. That makes no sense. You're handing the ball to Armand Ross St. Brown well, they on a had, third and four. Okay, they had a one earlier in the game where they handed it to Jamison Williams and he went 42 yards for a touchdown. That wasn't right before a fourth down play oh, where you put your season on the line. I, I understand it. You just need half of it. That's what they tell you. When you're going to go for it on third down, if it's third and eight, and you're going to go for it, just give me half. Just give me – and he got half. Was it a right play? No, I don't believe so because I think that David Montgomery was was beasting everybody out there. He would have 90 – almost 100 yards rushing. Hand him the football. Yes. Hand the running back the football. Don't get cute with it. But that's what co- offensive coordinators who are pining to be head coaches, and he's likely to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, Ben Johnson we're talking about. That's what they like to do. They like to be cute because it makes them look good. Can you believe that call in the NFC Championship game? Yeah, I do believe it. It sucked. But still, that's what they do. And so – To me, it still came down to making the play. Yeah. And Jared Goff got pressure. He was terrible under pressure. If there was one Achilles heels to Jared Goff, who had an unbelievable season this year, 4,500 so yards of passing and touchdowns and interception ratio that was fantastic, he cannot throw the ball when pressured. He was 0 for 8 when pressured in this Mm, game. mm, So mm. if you're the 49ers – 
even without knowing what the hell's route is being run or what defense you want to combine with it, just get pressure on the dude. No, he you know, was something bad's gonna happen. He was pressured on the play where Josh Reynolds dropped it on fourth down. I know, that's what I mean. And Josh, but Josh should have made the play. Of course. It doesn't matter, but it wasn't a perfect throw. It was a little bit dicey. He should have caught it, yeah, but I, I don't know. He's just the numbers will won't don't lie to you in that in that situation. When he's pressured, there's no chance he's completing a ball. Mm. Are you going to text Dan Campbell today? I am. Oh, boy, that's a tough spot. What do you say to him? Like, hey, how's it going? I'm proud of you, brother. You'll uh, get back. Oh, you're going to go with the I'm proud angle? Yes. I would just type two words. Math sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you should write that to see what he says. I'll write I, that, and then I'll, I'll write what I'm going to say, and then I'll write, oh, and math sucks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm stereotyping when I say this, because you know Dan Campbell. Yeah. All right? You, Sean, as a Giant fan, remember Dan Campbell as a lovable player. And so I stereotype when I say, Dan Campbell didn't make those decisions because of math. I think he made those decisions because he had the attitude of, I'm going to step on there. And throat. he's done it all year. And he's been doing it all but that's, year. But that's where he's got to learn. This is a big pivotal point now for him to learn. Because fourth fourth quarter versus the Vikings in November ain't the same as the NFC Championship game versus a Niner team where math should come into how many possessions left do the 49ers have to score because <laughs> right. I need to go up three at this point. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Now, the 49ers felt unstoppable from that point on because they dominated. But like Evan said, momentum changed. For it's them. all yeah. about momentum. It felt that way because, look, the Niners got the ball to start the second half. They have a nice, cute little drive. They kick a field goal. You know, that, that was the momentum they had. And now if you're Detroit, you're in field goal territory. You have a chance to just cancel out what they did to open up the second half. And now there's seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and it's a three-possession game. And you could feel it. We all felt it. We're all watching on TV. We all felt that when Josh Reynolds dropped that football and Dan Campbell made that decision, we all had the same feeling in our stomach. Uh-oh. Yeah. That that was the literal feeling America had. And obviously, depending on your betting habits and maybe your fandom interests, maybe it was a good uh uh-oh. Maybe it was a bad uh uh-oh. Yeah, but I I had an uh uh-oh of uh uh-oh. I I can see this happening to me in six months. Another Dan Campbell rabbit hole. But I also feel like I also feel like experience matters. And knowing the pressure of the moment matters. And because the Lions have been losers, even though last year they were pretty good despite missing the playoffs. They are losers. They didn't have the guys in those moments to make those plays. Mm. They just didn't. And that, and it showed, right? You see, uh, what was his name? Valdor. Like, that's that how that's a prayer. Yes. That's a prayer shot by Brock Purdy. It's one of the it was a terrible throw. He overthrew <laughs> right. it by eight yards. Or and Valdor tips it up to make it catchable. Right. No, no, he, he missed his hand. It missed his hands. Right. It literally went through his hands, hit his face mask, and went up in the air and allowed Brandon Ayuk to catch it. Right. If you know in those moments, this is my moment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what else you do for the rest of the game. This is my moment to affect this game. I need to make a play. His brain couldn't slow down. Right, and it didn't, and that's because he hasn't been in that situation before. And I know what went through your head when that play happened. It's the same thought that went through my head: losers lose. <laughs> Sometimes it's not even your fault. That's right. Ken is in Brooklyn. How are you, Ken? What's up, Ken? Yo, you got me. Yeah. What's up? Uh, yeah. So I just want to chime in on the losers lose mentality. Yeah. Philosophy. Yeah. So uh, I'm a Red Sox fan. Uh, I was like seven years old in 1978. Mm-hmm. I remember well. And 
I was totally on Evan's page of the idea that, like, my team, you know, by the time the 90s rolled around, I went to, what was it, 93? Yeah. Boone, yeah. Or Aaron Boone? 86 years it took you to finally win a World Series. Mm-hmm. Right, so, but I went to Game 7 where Boone hit the, the long shot. Yes. And the next year I was invited to Game 6. Yankees were up 3 nothing, as we all know. Yep. Sox won. We won again. Game six. Kind of sounds exciting. I got invited to the game. And I was like, so I live in New York. It was kind of cold. It was drizzly. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want to go to the game. Like, I had no. Because game. in the back of your mind, you knew. Losers lose. <laughs> We're just going to find a way. Correct. Although, obviously, they did find a way. And not only was it that year, it was sustainable for a but, but Ken, 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 all- you're right. The Boston Red Sox changed that. Yes. The Kansas City Chiefs changed that. It can be changed, but you know what happens when a losery franchise changes their history like that? And it happens every single time. They do it in an epic way. Mm. It's not easy. They have to do it in the most epic way possible because the two examples that always jump out, I'll give you a third one too, of losers finding a way to avoid their losing would be the Boston Red Sox, Mm -hmm. the Chicago Cubs, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay? Yeah. Think about how all three teams ended that cycle. The Red Sox came back from 3-0 down against their archest of nemesises. The Cubs had to win the seventh game of a World Series after being down 3-1 to another cursed franchise in a rain delay extra inning game seven. And then Cleveland had to come back after one guy decides to kick another guy in the nuts. <laughs> and they come back from 3-1 down. Oh, yeah. Like, it takes... The exercising of demons times ten. By the way, to break that cycle. And you're forgetting the Super Bowl four years ago when the Kansas City Chiefs did it against the 49ers. Yes, they were down ten. Yes, in the second half they, they had to be epic. 10. Correct. They had, they had to be epic. Correct. And Pat Mahomes and his first. Did he win the MVP that year? No, that was, was that 20- of the Super Bowl. The season. The season. He won it of the Super Bowl. I can't remember if he won the twenty. No, Lamar won it that year. No, Lamar won 19. Yeah, 19. Is yeah, that what you it. just said? 2020 was the year the Bucks won. The January. You're the year the, the Chiefs oh, won it, the it, Super it, Bowl it. was right, Lamar. Go ahead. Right, right. So, yeah. anyway, so yes, you're right. But they won that game yep. down 20. That's what it was epic. That, 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 it was epic. That's my point. It has to be epic. But more times than not, whether you're the Knicks or you're the Jets or you're the Cleveland Browns or you're the Cleveland Indians Guardians – you actually don't get to change that. Like, yeah, we have our exceptions, but for the most part, it doesn't change. Losers just lose. And I feel like I want to give the city of Detroit a hug. I don't say this to mock them or troll them. I feel for them. We all should feel for them. Even though I'm kind of glad they didn't win because I'd be very, very jealous. <laughs> but this is what losers do. We'll come right back with more of your calls. Plus, I think I have the perfect comparison to defend Dan Campbell with. The perfect cross-sports comparison to defend Dan Campbell's undefensible decisions from yesterday's game. Toll-free number 877-337-6666. Plus, a lot to get to. An update on Julius Randle and the Kansas City Chiefs do it to America again. We'll get to your calls in a second. Obviously, the world is talking about the Detroit Lions collapsing under the pressure of 50 million people watching and reminding us that there are certain franchises that are just put on this earth to lose. Losers lose. But I love doing cross-sport comparisons, and the reason I love doing it is there are a lot of people who listen to this station, to our show, and listen to Sports Talk Radio who 
Ah, I'm just really a football fan. That's it. Ah, I'm just really a baseball fan. That's it. Ah, I'm just really a basketball fan. And then they tolerate the other stuff that we talk about throughout <laughs> the year. So what I love about cross-sports comparisons is that it can help explain to one of those few people who are listening, hey, this is what this is like. And for those that just love all sports, you'll fully understand it. So later on, I have another cross-sports comparison involving the Ravens-Chiefs game, but that will be a cross-sport from football to basketball. This one is football to baseball. Are you ready? Yes. 2020 World Series. The Los Angeles Dodgers took on the Tampa Bay Rays, and nobody watched it. But you know this happened. In Game 6 of the World Series, Kevin Cash took out Blake Snell with a one nothing lead and a very low pitch count in the sixth inning. And America went nuts. Even if they didn't watch that game, America went nuts. What is he doing? This is wrong with baseball. Analytics. Yep. Sound familiar? And the excuse that was... the only thing I remember from that series. So you do remember it, see? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And you know what's funny? You probably didn't even watch the World Series that year, right? Well, I mean, I watched some of it. Ah. That's the only thing I remember from any of those games. It is the most memorable thing from that World Series, that a decision was made that, according to most, was simply based on analytics, and that if it was 10, 20, 30 years ago, it would never have happened. Obviously, Snell comes out. I think the reliever was Nick Anderson. He gives up a run. Dodgers win 3-1. to one. They win the World Series. Blah, blah, blah. The excuse given in defending Tampa Bay was the exact same excuse that you used and I seconded mm-hmm. about Dan Campbell. You said, but Evan, Dan Campbell's done this all year. Yep. Well, the excuse for Kevin Cash was, but he did this all year. Not just that year, which was a shorter year, but the year before. He would take his pitchers out third time around the order. That's just baseball. That's what the numbers say. They were bullpenning. They were bullpenning, right. They invented it, basically. And so half people, half of the people would say, oh, I get it. It's what he does. I hate it, but it's what he does. And then the other half would say, screw that. It's a dumb decision. And that's exactly what happened with Dan Campbell last night in the NFC Championship game. There is no denying. He made a decision he made all year. The numbers back it up. They went for it on fourth down. It was actually the second most in the NFL this year. The only team that went for it more was Carolina, but we disqualified them because Mm -hmm. they lost 15 games. Yeah, and they had to go for it on fourth down because they suck so much. They were behind every single, basically every quarter that they played. Correct. (laughs) But since Dan Campbell came into the league, it isn't even close. Okay, the Lions have gone for it on fourth down 124 times since he's come into the league. The second most amount of times is 109. That's not even close. (laughs) So Dane Campbell did what he's always done. Kevin Cash did what he always did. But the reality is sometimes what you always do in the biggest moment of all isn't the right thing to do. In that moment, Kevin Cash effed up by taking his best pitcher out. And in this moment, Dan Campbell laughed up by not trying to make it a three-score game. I don't care what you did in the middle of September. And to Kevin Cash, I don't care what you did in the middle of a pandemic in late August. It's not the same. Game six of the World Series isn't the same as game 40 of a regular season in baseball, just like the NFC Championship game with seven minutes to go in the third quarter is not the same scenario as week seven against the Vikings. Perfect comparison, right? Yeah, perfect. You know who was third on that list? On what list? The fourth down. Ah, uh, uh, the Niners. <laughs> New York Giants. Oh, the New York Giants. Oh, Does that make you feel better? No, not at all. <laughs> I think that was just a lot of trailing in games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's get to your calls. 877-337-6666. Jason's in Yorktown. Good afternoon, Jason. 
Hey, guys, thanks for taking the call. Appreciate your show. You brought me back to the fan. Thank Appreciate you, it. What's up? Um, so it drives me nuts with this analytics stuff. I love math, Tiki. I'm like you. I like the way it gets applied. Right. I just feel like so many times these things get applied like in a vacuum without like considering all the things that go into coming up with the analytics. Like, would the odds of them winning the game, getting the fourth and two, roughly the same as if they had kicked the field goal? And if so, wasn't it more likely they would kick the field goal and make it than get the fourth and two? Like, it just feels like sometimes these numbers are like, well, you know, if you win the game, if you get the fourth and two, there's 90.5%, but it's only like 90% if you kick the field goal. Well, don't you go with the option that's got the higher chance of success well, instead of... Yeah, well, I looked at this because the 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 chances of winning by going for it were, I want to say it was like 80-something percent. Like if 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 you if you are successful, so forget the go for it metric because that one we talked about was about the same ninety and a half to ninety point three. But let's just say getting the fourth down versus kick connecting the field goal, the chances of winning were it's almost the same. It was like three percentage points different, mm. eighty something percent to seventy nine point something percent. And so math lies to you because it doesn't account for the downside. Right, and the downside can't be calculated because we don't know what's happening to the other team. Right, we're talking about momentum. We're talking about how many points they've scored in the last, say, I don't, I don't know, three drives. Things like that that actually matter in football aren't accounted for in the analytics of of whether or not to go for it on fourth down or kick a field goal or punt or whatever the scenario may be. So the math is great. But as I've always said with statistics, it's lies, damn lies, and statistics. They will lie to you. Bold face, they will lie to you. And you'll believe it. Yes. You'll believe it. You'll say, this gives us the best chance. When in actuality, it doesn't. Because there's a physicality. There's like an emotional side of the game that can't be neutered by math. Well, and, and that's what's happening. Here's my question for you, because I feel this way as a fan. You experienced it. You've been in these loud buildings. Mm-hmm. I feel like the louder a building gets sometimes can actually help a team out. I can kind of build towards momentum. No doubt. When you fail on fourth and two from the 28-yard line, that stadium gets loud. That stadium gets hope. And I wonder, I just wonder if the Brandon Ayuk miracle play and then the third and goal conversion Mm -hmm. of Brandon Ayuk, I wonder if the loudness of that crowd if the Lion players almost feeling like the, uh-oh. <laughs> like, if all of that, which cannot be calculated in numbers, no. if that contributes to San Francisco taking advantage of the failure on fourth and two, which is what they did, and that's what led this whole thing to really begin. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because we talk about, like, things that you can measure. You can measure the decibels in a stadium. Mm-hmm. And now it's an outdoor stadium, so it's probably not going to be overly impressive, even though what was Century League, what's it called now, Lumen, Lumen Field, where the Seattle, where the Seahawks play. I still call it Quest. <laughs> right? It used to be it was Quest, CenturyLink, and now it's Lumen. Yes. Right. So you can measure it in Lumen because the way that they designed it, the sound comes down. So, but outdoor stadiums, you really can't measure it. But the one thing you can measure is the energy that results from the noise. Yeah. And that that was clear. That's that's the home field advantage that everyone talks about. That's why better uh, uh, sports books will often, you know, cheat the home team a couple of points. It's simply because of those things. It exists. It does exist. Sonny is in Malvern. Good afternoon, Sonny. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. 
Good. Uh, Evan, hardly, hardly ever agree with you, but I have to agree with you on all fronts. First of all, the losing, uh, <laughs> losers always lose. And Tiggy, I'm sorry, I have to disagree with you 100%. Uh, losers always lose. Uh, Evan, you're 100% right. Listen, I'm not a gambling guy, but this weekend, for example, anybody that came up to me and said, who do you have in these games? And I'm not a gambler. Kansas City game, for example. Even though Baltimore is not a losing organization, Lamar Jackson is not a winning playoff quarterback. So you go with the winning quarterback and the winning organization, which is Kansas City. The second game, of course, you go with the 49ers. And the Campbell situation, guys, listen, they had all the momentum. Just because, Tiki, this is where I disagree with you again, just because he did it all year long doesn't mean you do it in the championship game with a chance to go with no, the I, again, I agree. Hey, Sonny, I agree with that. I'm just explaining to you why he did it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the... Uh, the the stance that Dan was right. I'm just explaining to you why he did it. Yeah, because it's just the philosophy that he espoused all season long, and for the most part, it worked for him. And it worked because he had baller players. They had a great offensive line that protected Jared Goff. But as soon as you get pressure on Jared Goff, the results are the same. And it's been that way almost his entire career. He's he's less effective under pressure because he's not. He's not like Pat Mahomes. Right. He's not running to his right and throwing a dime 40 yards downfield. He can't do it. In fact, you saw it on the second fourth down that they went for. That ball was eight yards short. Yep. It hit the ground in the middle of nowhere. So, like, you know that once you put get him moving, plays dead. Yep. Is, isn't that why analytics are inherently flawed, though? Yes. Because that yes. number, it's 76% when you get it, that's the number for treating all 32 starting quarterbacks like the same. They're the same. Yes. Every opponent like it's the same. That's exactly There's right. No, there, there needs to be analytics. What does it say about Jared Goff's skill set and ability versus pressure versus the 49ers? Yes. That's fine. There's no way to minimize the analytics and get it down there. So when you're treating everything like it's all broad the same, inherently you're going to make mistakes listening to the numbers. Mm. It's amazing. Dan Campbell is Kevin Cash. They're the same. And I'll tell you <laughs> why I would warn Dan Campbell about this. And Dan Campbell knows this. Because I watched his post-game press conference, and he said something that is so powerful and so true, and it's the rightest thing he's ever said, and I know it from experience, and Kevin Cash knows it from experience. Because there's a little quick story about the Tampa Bay Rays. How many World Series have they gone to since 2020? Mm -hmm. The answer is zero. They've had some really good teams, but the answer is zero. This is what Dan Campbell said about just simply getting back to the same position they were in yesterday. This may have been always shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. He's right. He's 100% right. Now, sometimes you can get back. Like, I, the Jets got back. They lost to the Colts in 09 and somehow got back in 10. But I knew when they lost that day in 10, when I walked out of Heinz Field, I knew we ain't getting back. Like, that's your moment. That's your shot. And so I had a weird exchange with a buddy of mine, my good friend Patrick, who's a diehard Lion fan. He said something, and I didn't want to disagree with him because yeah. you know why? He's a diehard Lion fan. This is his time. He said, we're in this game with house money. And I wouldn't even write back to him because I was like, no, you're not. Mm. And I don't want to tell him that because I don't want to tell him, yeah, you'll lose this one. You'll regret this for the rest of your life. But that's the truth because it's not house money because you have no idea if you're going to get back. And Dan knows it. He said it in that tone. Well, Dan knows it because he was on the 2000 Super Bowl team that I was on. You know it. We didn't you didn't get back. 
And I remember immediately after that game thinking exactly what Dan just said. Man, it was a hike to get here. It was so many ups and downs of that season. Hell, Coach Fossil almost got fired midseason until he pushed his chips into the center of the table, which catalyzed us. It changed us and made us into a contender. We never even got close. And two years later, he was three years later, he was fired. Yeah. And so getting there is is it's a it's a it's a grind. And especially after you've been there, everybody knows it. There's very few teams like the Kansas City Chiefs who feel the grind, feel the the turnover that happens on your roster, but still have the X factor and Pat Mahomes, who, regardless of the talent around him, can find a way to win football games. With that, though, Campbell, great quote, all of that, doesn't that make what he did yesterday worse? If he is that self-aware that he put no, I the think careers of those 53 guys trying to get to a Super Bowl no, I think and it, made that I think many ex- mistakes? I think it explains. It explains it. I agree with Tiki. I think it explains oh. it. It doesn't It doesn't make it but worse. It explains a, it. But he's not a dumb football man. He's got instinct and everything like that. To know how hard it is to get back and to know that you could kick but he's not thinking. Of, but he's not thinking about the get back. He's thinking about win right now. I know what can that, I do to win but, right now? But at least it tells me he should be more aware than just to be succumbed to the numbers. No, yeah. but I, I took it the I took it the way you took it, Tiki, where that's him saying, I gotta go for it, man. Right. I gotta have stones. Right. I can't regret anything. I gotta go balls to the wall. That's why I actually and there's no way to prove this, because it is it wouldn't even be proven by Dan's comments. You gotta go into his brain. You gotta go to a place where he has to really get the truth serum. And that is did Dan Campbell make those decisions to go for it on fourth down based on analytics, or did he make it based on having giant stones? And I kind of lean towards the stones. Like, I admit it's a stereotype about him, the bite the ankles, we're always going to keep fighting. Yeah, but it's the stereotype because it's true, Evan. But, but then it's not analytics. Then it wasn't 92% no, I, again, versus 90%. I don't think it's analytics either. But I do think he's informed about the analytics. Right. And so if the analytics, had, if they had said... Dan, you're lessening our percentage of winning by 20% by go, for going for it. I think he kicks a field goal. But I know how this works because I've, I've heard it. We've talked to coaches about this in our production meetings. Who Who's your guy upstairs? And they tell us the name, analytics dude. And we're like, how do, what, is, what happens there? They, they just give you the numbers. Give me the numbers. They're not saying, they're not, right. they're not suggesting, they're not saying do or don't. They're just giving you the numbers. And so as a coach, you hear those numbers, you digest them. 90 and a half, 90. Okay, so I, I want to go for it now. It's about the same. Let's go for it. Right, right. And that's that's how it works. There's not enough time to do anything else. I got you. So I, I think your instincts are right, that it's just core to who he is. Let's go to Carlos and Harrison. How are you, Carlos? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? You guys are awesome, by the way. The Appreciate it. Thank you, dude. For a long time. Uh, so the, I, I was watching the game with a friend that's a, a Niner fan, and uh, I really don't have any uh, – any, uh, you know, horseman's, you know, in that game. Dog but in I'm the watching, fight, as they say. <laughs> yeah, but I'm watching it, and the the place where I felt like he should have gone for it was just before the half. Probably would have gotten a touchdown, put the game away. Yeah, but and he then, went to the field goal there, right. So then so then when he goes for this, I'm like, I'm saying you've got to go for the field goal. And he was about to go for the, for the, for the touchdown before the half, and then he changed his mind. He it almost looked like, you know what, let me make the right decision, and he did. And then all of a sudden, when instead of going up by three, he changed his mind. Right, that's, a, that's a really good question. Is there right. inconsistencies just to set up the spot? 
and you're talking about a fourth and goal from the three. Yeah. You have one timeout just in case. Actually, you're not going to need the timeout right. because it's really one play. You're not getting a first down. Barring there's a penalty, and if there's a penalty, you don't need the timeout. So fourth and three, 10 seconds to go. Fourth and goal from the three. He kicks the chip shot field goal with Badgley up 21-7 instead of going for the touchdown. Is that inconsistent no, with what he well, did in the second half? I don't, I don't think so because I think in the second half, that field goal is long. I mean, it's a 48-yard field goal, mm-hmm. which is not guaranteed. And yeah, the, the number is 77% on average in the, in the league. Badgley hadn't taken any of them. So you're going to put a guy out there who hasn't kicked one at all this season. By the way, he's only kicked in, what, five games or whatever it is, six games? Yep. Right, he hasn't done it all season long, and the chances of him making it are trending towards less than 70%, right? So I, it, I think that makes you feel like I have to I have to go for it at this point. The chip shot is easy, right? The chip shot is something that's that's, just, that's an extra point. Mm. So that I think it's it was more guaranteed points. I think the first fourth down – that he didn't get, that wasn't guaranteed points. So it may, we we say it's guaranteed points, but we just assume that a 48, almost 50-yard field goal is is, is they're going to make it 100% of the time. That's because we were so spoiled by watching Greg Zerline for the last year. Maybe. And, and a healthy Graham Gano before he got hurt. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> if you believe that your kicker is going to make it all the time, you know what? You kick a 48-yard field goal. If, you're, if this was the Ravens, mm. Justin Tucker's landing back there, <laughs> okay. 56? All right, no problem. We got Line him up. Yeah. Line him up. Where he's going to knock him down. You know it. But I don't think Dan Campbell had the, the faith. Steve is in Long Island. How are you, Steve? Great, guys. So one of the things that you haven't talked about, and Evan, I think you'd love this thought process. Go ahead. The third down, the third down running play uh, on the goal line oh. with one minute left in the game. Yes. yes. But, yes. Yes. but they use – here's the point I want to make. They used a timeout in panic there before fourth down. They could have saved clock by just running the fourth down quickly, and then they would have had three timeouts and wouldn't have had to have an onside Steve, kick. Yeah. Steve, they could have actually Steve, gotten you the ball are, back with 30 seconds left. You are so spot on. So spot on. So I said this earlier in the show, if you're just tuning in. I wrote down a list of Dan Campbell F-ups. I have it written down right here. I labeled it Dan Campbell F-ups. And I ranked them one through five, kind of like a Cinco de Fibo. Number five. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) We could do like a Cinco de F-O, if you will. But I'll save you the time. Let's just skip to number one. Play number one. Number one. Once you use the timeout, that Dan Campbell used with one minute to go in the game, down two scores, the game is over. (laughs) You needed to score, whether it was a touchdown or a field goal, you needed to score and have have all three timeouts. Because if you have all three timeouts, you can get the ball back. Once you use a timeout with less than a minute and a half to go, and in this case it was with exactly one minute to go, you're forcing yourself to have to run an onside kick, mm-hmm. which is as effective as me asking girls out in high school. <laughs> like, you're not getting it. No. So, how, many, how many were gotten this year? See if you can find it real Girls quick. in high school? <laughs> uh, I'm a loser. By Evan? I hope none. By the way, I, <laughs> well, when I was in high school, I know, I sicko. Know. I think the answer is uh, it's one or two the entire season. Something's minuscule. So, Dan Campbell or Ben Johnson, I mean, I get it. He's the O.C. 
But Dan Campbell's the head honcho. He's the COO. Right. When you have a third and goal from the two-yard line and you cannot use a timeout, mistake number one is you can't run the football. Nope. I love David Montgomery. You and, can't run the football. Right. Touchdown or out of bounds. That's it. Touchdown or out of bounds. And once you run the football, which is a bad decision, you can't use a timeout. You have to run at the line of scrimmage, and I know it's fourth down, your game's on the line, but guess what? Once you use the timeout, the game's over anyway. Yeah. So the other things are debatable. Like, we could have a nice debate about what I just said is not debatable, hence why it was the biggest F-up of the game. I think it's forgotten about because at that moment you're thinking, ah, it's over. The odds are coming back anyway or yep. low. But you've eliminated any shot, Teak, once he uses that timeout. No, you're right, because there's not a, it's time. Time is now not on your side. You can steal time when you have timeouts. But without them, the, 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 the clock's just going to run out. And we saw it. Mm. They took a knee on fourth down. right? So it, time was not on your side any longer. And that, to me, is the moment at the end that we didn't know it was going to be there where I think giving Dan Campbell a pass on, he did that all year, the math goes out the window. It was so evident with that play at the end that it's more than just him following math on the other plays. He was lost in that moment with some decisions because no math tells you not to keep three timeouts there. It's it's insane. It was a, it was a bad decision. Well, here's the thing. This is why we we've had this conversation. We were actually having it in in back in your office, Evan, before the show. Were we about? Not I thought we were one. breaking down the Royal Rumble. I'm, I'm going somewhere else. Oh, sorry. How how could Andy Reid ever become the greatest coach of all time? Oh yeah, yeah, we did right? that. And and we'll yeah. get to we'll get to the Chiefs in a minute in the in the Ravens game. But one of the things that we talked about was winning, yeah, right, and, and getting Super Bowls. And he's just not going to play. He's not going to coach long enough to match Belichick. But the other thing that I don't, I mean, I guess because Pat Mahomes is there, it gives them this X factor. But what makes Bill Belichick great is his teaching and preparedness and situational football, right? What to do in that most critical of moments in a game, and you never know what's going to happen, right? But you you better be ready for it. You better have practiced it. It was clear that the Lions hadn't practiced that specific moment, mm. and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to get the play on. Ben Johnson didn't have his process, because when I talk about process, what am I doing in this specific situation? He didn't have his process, and it forced him to use the timeout. Situational football wins and loses football games, and the Lions just aren't there yet. Very good season. I'm not saying it's house money like your friend, but very good season, but the situational side of it, that's what wins and loses when you get to the stakes of games. And Bill Belichick has proved that for two decades. More of your calls on the hot-button issue amongst NFL fans. How badly did Dan Campbell F this up? 877-337-6666. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Coming up later this hour, we'll address the Julius Randle injury, the controversy around it, the timetable of him, and how it impacts the Knicks long term. We'll get to that coming up at around 340 or so. But Lamar Jackson lost. The MVP of the league, two-time MVP, went mano y mano with Patrick Mahomes. And I wouldn't say, Tiki, he's the reason they lost no, the game. but he wasn't great. But he wasn't great. We didn't see the best of him. So, as a Lamar defender... Huh. Your thoughts? You want to take I'm, him to town? I mean, I think Lamar. I don't, first of all, let me let me back up. Yeah. So he has a new coordinator this year. It's not Greg Roman. It's Todd Munkin. Yeah. Todd Munkin was in college at Georgia, won back-to-back national championship. He's a really good offensive mind, and he helped evolve Lamar Jackson this season into a player that's likely to win the MVP again, and in a very different way than he did in 2019. Now, with that said, I think in evolving Lamar Jackson. He's taken a little bit of Lamar Jackson out of him. That is, when things aren't pretty, mm-hmm. things don't look clear, go find it with your legs. Pat Mahomes does that. Right. Right. Pat Mahomes is not Lamar Jackson by any stretch of imagination. But when when the Pat Mahomes just doesn't like what he's seeing, he just kind of tucks it and scoots and like slides his way. You know what's funny you say <laughs> that? He did that so brilliantly right. in the game against the Jets yes. earlier this season. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And he did it in this game. He did it in the week before in the divisional round. It's just, it's just what he does. Like he's he's slippery. And Lamar Jackson has gotten so enamored with being a downfield passer that he 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 buys himself time by going the wrong way. Right? Pat Mahomes, when he's buying himself time, he's always moving forward. You ever notice this? Mm. Like, Pat Mahomes doesn't escape backwards. He escapes either sideways, a couple steps forward. Like, he escapes towards the line of scrimmage. Lamar Jackson backs up, and it puts him in impossible-to-convert situations. And so part of this evolution of Lamar staying in the pocket, be that pocket passer, is that he's got to not lose himself. And I felt like, in particular, watching this game, he lost the essence of who he is. That is, you can't touch me. Like, this is backyard football, and it's you and me, or you and or me and two of, two of you. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to find a way to be more athletic than you. And we didn't see that. And so Todd didn't run the ball. Lamar sat back and tried to throw the ball everywhere, making bad decisions, including the interception and the triple coverage to, to Mark Andrews down the middle of the field. Right? He... It's it's almost like he was trying too hard to be 
like Patrick Mahomes mm. as opposed to just being himself. Well, and so I'm not defending him because yeah. it was just a it wasn't a, a horrific performance, but there was nothing inspiring. Yeah, like you, when you watched it, you weren't like, "Oh man, that that's the MVP," or "Man, I've never seen someone run like that since Michael Vick." Like there was nothing that jumped off the page except for the touchdown to Zay Flowers, and that was the one example of him scrambling and finding a guy downfield. Yeah, it's it's tough because I think sometimes when you've got the two-time MVP Lamar Jackson mano a mano against this burgeoning dynasty in the Chiefs, you want to make it simply about him. Yeah. And I kind of felt the same way. Like, Lamar was ordinary, but if I made a list of reasons why the Baltimore Ravens lost, like, he's a part of it, but he ain't number one. No, he's definitely not. I mean, number one, I'll start with Zay Flowers. Yeah, composure, kid. Like, Zay Flowers screwed up on so many different occasions in this game. That's what boggles my mind. Yep. I mean, obviously, you've got the fumble. And the fumble is, it just can't happen. I mean, it can't happen. Like, they're on their way to making this a real game, and he sticks the ball out at the one-yard line for no reason. Now, Sneed makes an incredible play, and I give him credit, but still, that's on Zay Flowers. But that's not it. Three plays earlier, when Zay makes the big catch, why is he putting himself in a position to be called for a taunting penalty? No idea. Now, I'll say this. I hate the taunting penalty. I think it should be thrown out of the league. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. If I ever got to meet Roger Goodell, there's a few things I'd tell him, and that's one of them. With that said, it's a rule. Yeah. And I can scream and yell about it all day, but it exists. So as a player, you can't put yourself in that position. That's number two. And then we got number three. And this should be talked about more. I'm sorry. When Zay Flowers commits that fumble, he goes on his bench and out of frustration bangs his hand down, which was reported on the broadcast, mm-hmm. and he gets bloodied. And even though he came back in the game, how many catches did he have after he came back in the game? Anybody know? Uh, I think none. You got the answer? Zero. (laughs) Zero. So he may have come back in the game, right? but he clearly was affected by it. So you have a guy, and composure is so the right word, Tiki, between the taunting penalty, the fumble, and the decision to stick the ball out, to injuring himself on the bench. Right. Like, and I know he had a big statistical game, but my God, he really cost him. So those moments, this is why sometimes I feel like I need to go consult with football teams. Because going through, how to get through contact is, it seems like it's so hard. But it's actually really easy. And it's not by extending yourself. It's not by putting the ball out in front of you. It's actually by getting compact. Like, getting smaller, getting tighter. In fact, so... I forget what game we were we were calling. Matt and I were down on the sideline. Running back came up to me. He's like, "Oh, dude, I remember watching you. You know, you'd go into con- like you wrap that ball up high and tight." And I said to him, "I said the X will save you, right? The X will help you." And and, he, and if you're asking, what do I mean by that? Yeah, what does it mean? It's hot. It's the ball high and tight. Mm-hmm. And when you go into contact, take your off ball hand and wrap it across your chest so it looks like there's an X. So if you're looking at me straight ahead, I'll show you a picture of it. I have it on my iPad. It looks like you're in an X. There's an X right across your chest. Now, it protects the ball from coming out, but more important, it makes you harder to hit because right? you're not wide. You're not wide. You're you're tight. Your shoulders are, are closer, and you penetrate. Like when you're – it's like a bullet, right? When you get you get X'd and you penetrate, just go – you'll go through that contact. And as Zay Flowers starts to reach out that ball, I'm like, no, 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 because <laughs> you can see it happening. Yeah. Right? The, the guys who were going to tackle him didn't have angles. There was nobody head up on him. Get X'd, go through contact, you will scoot through there, and you'll be in the end zone, and you'll be celebrating. Right? It's It's – 
it's so little and simple, but nobody does it, and mm. it frustrates the hell out of me. If he <laughs> scores a touchdown on that play, the right. game is different. It's so different. If Lamar doesn't throw the interception of Bush, the game is different. But I can say this confidently, and I can say with a smile, it may have been different, but the result would have been the same. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs are America's daddy. And I think it's about time, and I said this last week, I don't want to repeat the same thing, but stop betting against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Just stop doing it. I get it. You're tired of them. You're tired of Taylor Swift. You're tired of the narrative. Trust me, there's a lot of things I'm tired of, but you just have to accept things. And what boggled my mind the entire week, I said this to you Friday, and boggles my mind even today is the lack of respect the Kansas City Chiefs have gotten over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Last year, oh, no Tyreek Hill. <laughs> this year, oh, the receiver drops. When push comes to shove, and now they did it on the road. Oh, it was always Arrowhead. They did it on the road. They went to Buffalo, mean, angry Buffalo. They went to Baltimore, mean Baltimore. And all they do is find ways. It's not pretty, not saying it is. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, not saying it is. But all they do is win, win, win. And I'm not sitting here as a cheerleader. I'm sitting here as just an analysis, analysiser. Someone who gives you analysis. Analyzer. Analyst. Yes. (laughs) They find ways to win. Right. So I look at this game. And I see all the mistakes the Ravens made. And boy, oh boy, did they make so many. I mean, they made so many mistakes throughout this game. The dumb penalties, Mm -hmm. the taunting, the fumble, the interception. Like, so many. And I get back to the same thought. Even if they didn't make those mistakes, they would have beaten you. Yeah. They would have. And you know it. You know it, Well, I got to tell you, too, because my thought after watching the first half of that game, I was like, oh, man, this this could get really interesting. I got to tell you, the second half was a dud. Well, because they the defense was suffocating. It was all defensive suffocation, but it was also just it was a dud. Yeah. Like I was expecting but this is this is why what you're saying is true, because they're the new Patriots. They're the new team that's not how many Super Bowls did the Patriots win where they blew out the opponent by thirty points? Not a lot. I don't think any of them. No. <laughs> they had a few championship games where they blew teams uh, but out. But the about, Super Bowl, they certainly didn't. Uh, the Super Bowls <laughs> Never. Were, the Super Bowls were played so close to the vest. Yeah. They were played by possessions. And you could tell from the very first quarter, really the first half, uh, quarter and a half, what the game plan was. Nine minute, eight minute drive, nine minute drive, right? It was possessions. Limit Lamar Jackson's possessions. Because if Lamar Jackson has the ball too many times, eventually something spectacular is going to happen. But if you limit his projections, what do you have, three possessions in the first half? You limit his possessions, he can't beat you. And so the Chiefs are so well coached. And Andy Reid and Steve Spagnoli, you got to give him credit, have, like, they've mastered this these, these moments because they know how to beat the team that they're playing. Not, you know beat the spread or beat the beat Vegas or score X so many points. It doesn't matter. It is beat that team. And they had the perfect game plan to beat the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. And it showed that's after the first half. I said, this is the, this is, this is the perfect formula to beat Lamar. I almost nailed the final score we too. I had 17, 14 and ended 17, 10. I was so damn glad. Cause I felt that 
And by the way, early in the game, I was not confident because think about it. On Kansas City's first drive, they marched down the field, they scored a touchdown. <laughs> on the Ravens' first drive, they marched a uh, second drive, they marched down the field, yep. they scored a touchdown. Then the Chiefs had all those third down conversions. They're up 14 7, you know, early second quarter. And I'm like, ah, maybe I'll be off about this. <laughs> but I, I could see a low scoring game, and a part of it was a respectable defenses. Right. Like these are. You know, Mahomes and Jackson get all the attention, rightfully so. They're great. Lamar's a two-time MVP. We mentioned this on Friday. Every multiple-time MVP is a Hall of Famer. Every last one of them. There's no multi-time MVP in the NFL who's okay. They're all all-time greats, mm-hmm. and they're Hall of Famers. And we all know how great Mahomes is. So they get all the attention, but this Kansas City Chief defense is a big part of why they're here. Right. And Steve Spagnola, credit to you guys as Giant fans, because you should be proud of him. Yeah. And you should be damn proud of him for it's, what he did for your franchise. It almost sucks that McAdoo retained him because then maybe he could still be the D coordinator once yeah. McAdoo left. Right. Maybe we wouldn't be in his wing. Oh, mess. you mean if he had left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Spags. Spags deserves all the credit. By all the way, right. he just wasn't a great head coach. Yeah. And and his game plan again versus star quarterback was great. But I really don't to be I think you guys are giving Lamar and the Ravens way too much of a pass here. Well, I mean, well first of all, how do I give the Ravens a pass? Well, I look, I because you're saying the inevitable was going to happen no matter what. Truthfully, that way that Raven defense showed up yesterday, man, 17 points, that whole second half like Tiki talked about boring. The Ravens had opportunities in this mm-hmm. game. The play they calling was atrocious. Todd was bad. Todd was bad. Munkin, Munkin was bad. But they, he, they had five runs in the first yeah, you're right. and three I, quarters. And looking back through the stat sheet to abandon the run like that is terrible. But how many times, I've gone back to some of these drives, Lamar, man, just the simple throws is, is six yards per attempt in these throws. He's missing so many in this game. And you talk about the same How many bad was, throws did he make in this game? A lot more than he, he had 17 incompletions. I think like three of them were drops. And not only that, he had four sacks. Three of them were completely on him holding onto the ball too long. I just, look, I don't think Lamar's a, a bad quarterback. I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. It's okay to expect more. I expected more out of him yesterday. Is he the reason they lost? Not the, not the reason, like I'm pointing to Dan Campbell, but I think he's just up there with. So much so that I think Zay Flowers has allowed Lamar Jackson to get a little more of a pass today than he deserves. Mm-hmm. Well, but if Zay Flowers holds on to the ball. I agree. And you know what, too? Also, Harbaugh. We want to kill Campbell? How about with, you know, 352 left, you have enough sense, you have Justin Tucker. Kick a field goal down 10 there to preserve as much time as possible to give yourself a chance to score mm-hmm. a touchdown. He let that tick all the way to the two-minute warning. That's funny. That's a strategy that we, we hear often that yeah. nobody ever does. Yeah, well, you know, God forbid Tony mentioned it yesterday in the broadcast, but that would have <laughs> helped too. But I just thought top to, top to bottom, the Ravens let the Chiefs off the hook yesterday despite the fact that the defense came to play. He also could have ran a lot more, too. It's almost like the cloud of Mahomes was too much for him. It's like he wanted to make the throws. He wanted to beat Mahomes. It's like, dude, you ran for 100 yards last week. Yeah, he didn't lose the game, but if the Ravens were going to win the game, it was because Lamar balled, and he didn't ball. And then he throws in a triple coverage on first down and blew the game. That's a horrible decision. He didn't ball. I just didn't think he was terrible. Like, I that's, didn't think that's, that that was the But he's the MVP. He's got to put the team on his back and win the game. That's my issue. I agree with you. He wasn't terrible, but he wasn't awesome. I just... Same reason I get mad at Josh Allen on those spots, too. Mm-hmm. I just I expected the two-time MVP to rise more to the game. You have to beat the Chiefs. They're not going to beat themselves. Right. Yeah, you were never going to be able to beat them 17-14. And Pat because, even said that. Mahomes even said that. Because they were yeah. always going to make the play when they needed to. That's why in this alternate universe where Lamar doesn't turn the ball over with that interception mid-fourth quarter or Flowers doesn't put the ball on the ground for a turnover, the Chiefs just execute differently. That's the way I would envision right. the alternate universe. They just make a play. Harrison Butker's lining up for a game-winning 37-yarder, and he's making it. Like, they would have executed differently. Because look at that last play, the third and nine play, where the Ravens had a chance to get the ball back. This is their last chance. 
They get off the field on third and nine. They got the ball back down by seven, and Lamar is set up mm-hmm. for this epic moment. And what happened? Yeah. Pat Mahomes found Valdez Scantling. Good night. And See you later. 32-yard completion, which, which is amazing because I was just reading about it this morning, how that was their third and long go win it play. Go win it. Wow, they won it already. Right. No matter what coverage you give, you put Rishi Rice and and Valdez Scantling on goes, it, it, it's pressure on somebody. And so Rice gets doubled, which was one-on-one to to M, uh, MBS, MBS, and he made a great catch. Second straight week he did that when all he did on that play all season long was drop the ball. <laughs> the know. real question, Redemption. though, the real Redemption. question for Tiki was, did they show too much of Tay-Tay for you? Was it overwhelming, or were you okay with it? I wasn't really playing, paying attention. I <laughs> Honestly, I, I cared so less about that because – the more we talk about her, the less we talk about the things that matter in this ah. game, which is Spags being amazing, uh, Pat Mahomes being fantastic, hell, the redemption of MVS, like the defense, Karloftis, who nobody even knows who the hell that is. He was amazing. He's been amazing all season, but nobody's talking about it. I do have one Taylor Swift CBS-related criticism because, for the most part, I like when they show Taylor because I know it pisses people off, and then I like laugh at how angry people are over <laughs> innocently showing a pop star who happens to be hooking up with the star tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs. But after the game was over, this one was epic. I don't know if anyone caught this. The game is over. They're doing the trophy presentation. Uh-huh. And I don't want to laugh because I thought this was just such a weird mistake. I think it was Clark Hunt was talking about his late mom, Norma Hunt, who passed away yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And as he's talking glowingly about Norma, they show Taylor Swift. And I'm like, what are we, what, what are we doing? I was like, what? I defend you guys all the time. Show her as much as possible. I can't get enough of the kiss. I can't get enough of the hug. Hey, did he say I love you? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's great. But when they're talking about Norma Hunt, you can't be showing me Taylor Swift. Yeah. At least show Gracie Hunt there. At least she's part of the family if you want to go that route. Trust me, they've shown plenty of Gracie Hunt. I understand Hunt. that. By the way, they made a lot about the I love you thing. We're all married. How long have they been dating? Six months? If you don't say I love you by three months, your ass is out of there. So we're making a big deal about it. you got to really? say I love Yes. No, I never did in three months. Never. How long? You're dead wrong. No, more than three months. I, I don't think I'm dead wrong, but I mean, how long did to, you wait? I've only said I love you to, like, two women, including my wife, and it took, I mean, I'm going to say it was more than three months. All right, so then it's at least six months here, though. That's a long time to not say I love you. Really? If you plan on getting, you know oh, what, you, you I, better yeah, be tiggy, saying I love tiggy, you. Tiggy, Tiggy, Tiggy. Yes. Loogies and I love you whore. Oh. Yeah. I think within six, well, three months, you get the I what are I we, that discussion. Loogie gets a girl to hook up with him. He's like, I love you. He's an I love you immediately. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. I think I love you. <laughs> by, by the way, we had this discussion, uh, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago. I am fully convinced that they have gotten it on. And recently, for the first time. Well, I thought that was a foregone conclusion. Well, right? now, but do the math. And I only know this because, you know, maybe I gamble a little too much on player props. Kelsey had been invisible for weeks. <laughs> we kept seeing Taylor mm. Swift, but Kelsey didn't have these great games. <laughs> he funny. wasn't scoring touchdowns. Look how long he went without a touchdown before last week. Suddenly he arrives last week with the touchdowns really good. And this week, what do you have, 27 catches in that game yesterday? It was unbelievable. I, you know, I'm just going to say it. I think Taylor Swift finally was a panty dropper for him, and now he's... <laughs> but you know what's weird with that, that thought? I don't, look, God Travis Kelsey has had a lot of sex in his life. Sure. Yes, I take the over. Okay. I would take the over. And I don't think he's ever had a dry spell, necessarily. No. I don't think he's ever cooled off the way well, maybe all of us, except for Tiki, has in our lifetime. Because I've had dry... We all have. I, I, can, I, can, I got a long one I can tell you about. 
So you think like what would cause well, this to be so? No, because I'm going to tell you. All eyes on t- on Travis Kelsey. He could not have gotten with another girl while this whole Taylor Swift thing was going on all year. That's because uh. people would have photographed him and caught him. So there was no going to be chiefs on the road. Let me bring a girl back to the hotel or something. He was committed to her. She seems like a wholesome gal. Probably wanted to wait a long time. He was probably pent up. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so you think it's recent, and that's what's led to all, this streak? All of a sudden, he's exploding to be a Hall of Fame player again. I mean, how many catches did he catch? <laughs> all the touchdowns? I think she gave him the free the pre-playoffs. All right, it's time, pal. I can't wait till Awful Announcing <laughs> writes article. Sean Morash claims recent sexapades has gotten Travis Kelsey going in the postseason. You hate the bust. <laughs> okay. It's funny. As big as Kelsey, the Chiefs, and Tay-Tay has been, I really think around water coolers today, more so than I love you or know I love you, has been Dan Campbell. He's pulled off the impossible. He's taken a little bit of the attention away from the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty and some of the decisions All he made because yesterday. Of math. All because of math, right? Chris is in Queens. How are you, Chris? Hey, well, as long as you're talking about math, uh, why is it that coaches sometimes don't understand that seven plus three is the same as three plus seven? Because <laughs> Yes. If you saw at the you know at the end of the uh, Baltimore Ravens game, you know they were down by ten, and they kicked they had a fourth and five I think, and they kicked the field goal, which is the right play. It's right. two possessions. You got to get one of them. Right. And then I'll make the argument. The call before brought up a great point. The third down call was ridiculous. When mm-hmm. it's third and you know whatever, you you got to throw the ball. It's incomplete. It stops the clock. But you know. But I'll make the case that once they got into field goal range, there was like a minute and 52 left or something. I was saying to my friend watching him, like, you got to kick the field goal here. Kick the field goal now, then use the three timeouts, obviously, on defense, and you'll get the ball back down seven with, you know, maybe a minute and a half left. You know know why? Respectfully, I disagree about this one. I'll tell you why, even though you didn't ask me why. To march down the field and score a touchdown, with 45 seconds to go, is far, far, far more challenging than only needing a field goal. And so to me, when I'm down in the red area, I got to at least take shots in the end zone. Now, if I don't, then maybe it's different at that point. Yeah. But I got to get in the end zone because the chances of going 80 yards with no timeouts and a minute to go feel so remote. Meanwhile, kicking a field goal to tie the game, like we've seen it. It doesn't take a lot of time, T. No, it doesn't. I'm just, I'm just rewatching this drive, that last drive that he was talking about. Because it was, I mean, they're on a 50 yard line. There's two minutes left. The two minute warning has just occurred. They call a shot, not even a shot play. It's just a dig, uh, and he completes it to Reynolds. And they get, they're on the, they're on the 24 yard line. And so at that point, if you know, I think at that point they believe that they can win, that they can not only. After the end of a good fight. You deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. 
Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Score a touchdown quickly, but then also score another touchdown and win, as opposed to we have to tie. Mm. So they're thinking win as opposed to kick the field goal, we're playing for a tie. I think that's the difference. Is if I'm trying to think of the scenario where it would make sense to do that, right? To kick the field goal first. Ah, uh, I think it depends. If you have where... three timeouts and there's a minute left, and you're on the 20 yard line, kick the field goal, try the onside kick, and then try to get the stop. I and just now think you get the ball back with 20 something seconds if, left. If we're playing the math game, the odds of scoring a touchdown with no timeouts and 40 seconds to go, going the length of the field, they're remote. They're yeah. remote even with Patrick Mahomes. Right. But when you're saying kick a field goal with 30 seconds to go and no timeouts, it's it's a possibility. We've seen it. I just think it's a, such a greater possibility that what I got to do once I'm in the red area is take a bunch of shots and just try to get in the end zone. Dan's in Garwood, New Jersey. What's up, Dan? Hey, Evan Tiki. What's going on, fellas? What's, what's up? up? Uh, I wanted to make a quick point about the game. And then uh, I actually had, a, if it's okay, Evan, I had a quick wrestling point from the from uh, Tiki's previous former uh, Alan Mater show that was on earlier. <laughs> That's all right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so with the game, I, I, I was on, you know, I was trying to call to get through, so I don't know if somebody got, I heard people talking about the timeout, and they might have stole my thunder a little bit. But what I thought was even crazier, guys, is to, to run the ball down there. Like, I agree, Evan, I'm 100% on board with you. That like when you get down, once that guy, um, what's his name? Yeah, had a quarter, quarter pass all year. Once oh, he catches that pass, Ferkser, Ferkser catches yeah. the first down yeah. pass. Right. Yeah. Once he catches that pass, yeah. Once he catches that pass and goes out to one and a half, you gotta go for the touchdown there. And if worst comes to worst, I mean, maybe settle for no, the football you know, fourth down. Yeah, you know what's gotta happen because, is Ferkser's gotta actually score. Right. And he should have. He should have. Yeah. They, they, they had and, a, they had a and, perfectly and, designed pick route. Uh, and, he just, and, he, and here's the crazy thing about the timeout, because they even said on the, on the broadcast, they said the problem is that you would probably like to run here, but if you run and you, you, and you run into a situation where he gets stuffed and these guys are slow getting up, and then the 49ers did him a favor, they got right up and they still called the timeout. And I'm like, what are they doing? Yeah. Once you call a timeout, the game is over. That's the thing. That Once you call that so, timeout, so, it's done. Like you're begging for a miracle with an onside kick, which is truly so, a miracle. Yeah. Is you're never going to, especially in the league now, it's even harder. Yep. Now, here's my wrestling thing, guys, yeah. real quick. On a previous show, they were doing, a, there was a whole lot of wrestling talk going on because guys are dressing up as WWE guys now off, off of bets. And they actually mentioned Tiki. I didn't know it was Coco Beware at some point. Back, <laughs> yeah, back that in the was day, way back in the day. That so was, that was like year one. <laughs> they, were looking, they were looking for a guy, a former wrestler that Tiki's probably going to have no idea what I'm talking about, but Evan will definitely know. Who somebody mentioned? I don't know if anybody came up with his name because I couldn't listen the whole time I was driving. But they said, "Who would Al Dukes be if they were going to get him to be a wrestler?" And I got the perfect name. Who would Al Ready? Dukes be if he right. dressed yeah, up as a wrestler? If he, if he, if the bet got lost, which I don't know if Al yeah. is ever going to take a bet where he dresses up as a wrestler, I had a feeling Al's probably too sharp for him to even take that wager. But if Al was ever be a wrestler, who would he be? Yeah. I got the name. Evan. All right, go ahead. Harvey Wimpleman. Harvey, Harvey Wimpleman. Wimpleman. <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking Howard Finkel, even though he wasn't a wrestler, but he was the great rig announcer. The great Howard Finkel. Who, Howard? Who is this? Howard Finkel, who, by the way, Howard Finkel, who is no longer with us, oh. 
Yeah, he died. I mean, you say, wow. Like, wow. I Because yeah. I'm watching him now. I didn't realize he was dead. Yeah, no, he passed away. I'll never forget this. This is one of my great 20, moments. 2020. 2020 passed away yeah, during the pandemic. Never forget this. I'm sitting at Lucas Oil Stadium for the Jets and the Colts in the AFC Championship game. Very nervous. <laughs> Joe went away. I think he went to the bathroom. I'm sitting by myself just thinking about, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. AFC title game. This is crazy. All of a sudden, from a distance, I hear, Evan! I'm like, what? <laughs> Evan! And I look over, and it's Howard Finkel. <laughs> and Howard <laughs> Finkel runs over, and he's like, I listen to you and Joe every day. I'm a diehard Jet fan. I'm like, what? <laughs> Howard Finkel was a diehard Jet fan. And then he was explaining, we're probably going to lose today. And I had the urge, like everyone did, to say, I should ask him to announce my name. How cool would that be? <laughs> and new Intercontinental Champions. Yeah. Never did it, though. Yeah. I had too much respect for him. But Howard Finkel, big-time Jet fan. Poor guy never got to see him win. He came here one yeah. time. I think he was on with Boomer Carton. I met him. Sweetheart of a guy. Very, very, very nice. Big New York sports big, fan. And a big Jet fan. Do we know if he was a Met fan? I assume Met. I think he was Net, a Met, Net Net fan. Islander. Yeah. Did he wrestle also? <laughs> no. no. His personality? Well, he wrestled once actually against Harvey Whippleman in a tuxedo match many years ago. Okay. But for the most part, he was just the, the ring announcer. The famous ring announcer. That's who he is. He didn't wrestle the Stooges in a brawn panty dopey match. It he may have. He might have. That's done on the table. Dumbass match. By the way, speaking of wrestling, coming up at 6 o'clock, Sean Morash gets to go home early. Tiki gets to hang out if he so wishes. We are breaking down, no joke, the Royal Rumble at 6 o'clock. Me and Luke, we're even going to take your calls. How about that? Some Royal Rumble phone calls in that 6 o'clock hour, which, which, which will feature a lot of wrestling talk and a lot of commercials. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go to Pete and Yonkers. What's up, Pete? <laughs> What's going on? Um, I think one factor of the analytics that doesn't get discussed is the actual kicker himself. I mean, Badgley's 42 of 61 in his career from over 40 yards, yeah. 68%. Yep. It's a 45-yard field goal outdoors, NFC Championship. If Dan Campbell thinks he's only going to make that kick three out of five times, how does he not go for it? Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. It. I think you're absolutely right about that. because, And he'd only been on the team. For six weeks? Yeah. No, no, he, I think he was on the practice squad, but he'd only been active for like six weeks. Now, he hadn't missed a kick yet this season. That's true. And that's – so that's the that's the conundrum. Oh, it's a huge conundrum because I get it. Like one of the other facts about Badgley he didn't bring up, but I'll bring it up, is he hadn't attempted a plus 40-yarder outside. Mm -hmm. Maybe he did bring it up, and I'm just repeating it. I don't remember. Yeah. Bottom line is – I get all that, but then why the hell are you on the team? Yeah. Like you need to have some reliability. There but there aren't a lot of great kickers. Like their kicker got hurt, right? And so you, your kicker gets hurt. You you just have to go with what's available. It's a guy on the street who likely was in camp somewhere and just lost the battle. So all kickers, there's like two kickers, maybe three sometimes in camps. The other guys just they just get cut because they're mm. not good enough. That's how you end up with Mason Crosby wearing Tiki's number. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how you end up. That happened. Exactly right. <laughs> Nick's in Staten Island. How are you, Nick? What's going on, guys? What's up, um, Nick? I want to get back to that Ravens-Chiefs game. Yes. I'm a big fan. I was there last week, and I was there yesterday. And the day flowers all happened right in front of me. Yes. Yeah. And the stadium was just dead after that. Obviously, it's a different game there. And then Lamar probably doesn't throw that pick after. He probably yep. settled for well, a he's not desperate. He's not desperate anymore. Exactly. But, like, my main thing here, like, Tiki, for, for you as a running back, they're a run-first team. How did a running back have six total carries? I have no idea. No idea. I mean, it, it almost felt like they were getting, like they felt. They, they panicked. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that was the word I was looking for. It felt like panic. And it was only because they weren't very effective. And so when you get 
ineffective as a play caller, you tend to like want to throw the ball. Like running the football just feels unsexy. But when you have so many ways to do it with Lamar Jackson, who led their team in rushing, by the way, then run the football, even if you're down by 10 or down by 20. It's, you had plenty of time to come back in this game, and they just they mismanaged the, the play calling. That was for sure. Yeah, it, it is mind-boggling. I'd use the word mind-boggling for a team that not only ran the football better than any other team in the NFL, right? And but ran the ball, yes, and ran the ball more frequently than any team in the NFL. They rushed as a team for over 100 yards in every single game. Right. It wasn't even that close. And yet somehow, with your season on the line, forget Lamar's eight runs, they ran the ball eight times, five with running backs and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. And it doesn't make sense because they weren't playing from behind the entire game. No, Like, I get it. They were down 14-7. It's a one-score game. That's not enough to get away from the run. Even 17-7. Like, I don't think a two-score game early second half is enough of a reason to get away from the run. And they did. And that part makes absolutely no sense. They got away. Not only did Lamar get away, but the team and play calling got away from the identity of what made this offense special. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Ev. When you lose your identity, especially in this game, against a team that just feels inevitable, I've used that word a lot about the Chiefs because that's who Pat Mahomes is, you are not going to win. You better stick to what got you there. And look, the Chiefs were loading the box. I mean... The first play of the game, the Raven—it's really the, the the first scrimmage play of the game, not the kickoff. I mean, there are set, there's eight guys in the box basically. Mm-hmm. They were loading the box to try to stop Lamar Jackson, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna. They can't keep doing that. Eventually, they gotta pull some people out of the box, and when you do, audible, check into it, have some set, be clever. They weren't at all in this game. More reaction to what we witnessed yesterday as Americans and football fans at 877-337-6666. And we come back a few minutes on what was a monstrous story from the weekend. And that was the fall hurt around New York City. Julius Randle's tumble, the worry for the last 48 hours about his status for the rest of the season, and the update we now have. So this weekend was a very, very stressful day. And by the way, I'm talking right now as an IBO, as an independent basketball observer, not as the president of the coalition of Nick haters. But Julius Randle took a very nasty tumble at the end of the Miami Nick game, which I also admit I got wrong. I've made some correct predictions recently about the Knicks. I thought the Knicks would lose to the struggling Miami Heat on Saturday afternoon. I was wrong. You missed that one. I missed that one. So give the Knicks a lot of credit. Because they're the Knicks. We are New York Knicks. <laughs> well, I hear that they're dogs, and they're going to do damage. That's what I've been told. I've heard that as well. So the Knicks are up by 17 with four and a half to go when Julius tumbles to the ground. And you know immediately he's seriously hurt. Right. He doesn't take his free throws, which means he's out of the game. But more than that, you could just see the pain and anguish he was in as he walked to the locker room. Before we get into the injury and the update, let me just address this off the top. And you tell me if I'm wrong, Tiki. Yeah. I will defend Tom Thibodeau on this because the way I look at big leads in the NBA, when they take their stars out, I'll take my stars out. Miami still had Jimmy on the floor. They still had Bam on the floor. It's a 17-point game with four and a half minutes to go. I know it's easy. Ah, Tom Thibodeau is what he does. But I I can't take my guys out until I know it's over, and they haven't taken their guys out yet. I'm all right keeping my starters in. Well, especially if it's not... I mean, it, obviously it's aggressive because it's the NBA and the Heat are trying to win this game, but it's 
it wasn't like a chippy game. It wasn't like there were cheap shots, cheap shots coming and things of that nature. And if you're Tom Thibodeau, winning that game is important. I think so. It's a good win. And, 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 and how do you know it's important? Because winning every game for him is important. That's sure. why these guys are... Especially against that team. Yes, but it's why these... Yes, given last year and everything else. But it's why you're seeing these guys, and it's going to become a problem at some point, logging 44 minutes mm-hmm. a game, 46 minutes for some of these guys. I mean, he just he's not willing to let the bench unit hurt them. and 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 so it's just his MO. It's what he does. To me... It was just an. It was. It was a. You know what happens. Accident. It was unfortunate, right? And you know what happened. Thing it, to it, me. It. I can't blame Tom Thibodeau. For I that. would have a different view if Eric Spolstra pulled his starters, and I'd say, "What are we doing here? Yeah. They've already given up. What are we doing? Get our guys out." So I just want to start there. I don't blame Tom Thibodeau. Clearly, you don't either. No. Over the last forty-eight hours, I, I genuinely feel for Nick fans when I say this. The lack of updates was painstaking. Like, <laughs> you're sitting there as a Nick fan. Your entire weekend has a cloud over it. Because I'll say this about Julius, as skeptical as I or others may be about his performance in the playoffs, if the Knicks are going anywhere, Julius has to play. Like, there's no illusions about that. Absolutely. So you're sitting there saying, what's the update? What's the update? What's the update? What's the update? Tom Thibodeau, after the game, says, yeah, I'm damn concerned. So he's honest about his concern. And I genuinely thought the longer without an update – the meant this could be bad, that this could be surgery. And if it was surgery, he's done for the season. If it's just uh, the shoulder issue, the dislocated shoulder, you're looking more at a month, which yeah. is significant, but not the end of the world. But the lack of an update reminded me of Jacob DeGrom. I got to huh. tell you, Nick fans, <laughs> I feel like I was living in the DeGrom world. Of, What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Is he going to need Tommy John surgery? What's wrong with him? Now, the update we have today from Adrian Wojnarowski, Shams, and Ian Begley is that they still don't know, but they're confident. They have confidence that the imaging will tell them it's just dislocated and we're looking at weeks, not months. And what I would say about that is this. Here's my date, March 15th. What's March 15th? Mm. March, March 15th, 15th is the day I'd want him back. Why? I'll tell you why. Any day after March 15th, I get worried. I get worried about being ready for the postseason the way he needs to be ready for the postseason. Obviously, walking through that door on April 10th, as long as he's playing, it's like, great, he's playing. But are you getting Julius Randle? And the one thing that Louie don't want, and I don't want, as a hater, I admit this, is I don't want questions. I don't want a cloud of, well, he wasn't healthy. That's why he struggled. No, 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 no. No, no, we don't want that. I don't want that. You don't want that. We want him healthy to see what this man is made of come postseason time. Mm. And so I look at the middle of March as that date where I need him back. Let's get him back in a playoff shape. Right. And let's go. Are you still the independent basketball observer or analyst or whatever? Yeah, I just said that as an IBL. Let's yes, go right. next. Because to me, that sounds like you're saying he needs to be back. So that there's no excuse for why he plays poorly in the postseason. That's for Nick fans, though. Nick fans feel the same way. You don't want to lose in the playoffs with Julius struggling under the cloud of he wasn't healthy. We even had that well, last year. I mean, even if this is weeks, they're going to have to figure out a solution. Like, something's got to break here, right? We, we've been anticipating another move, another trade, whatever it may be, for the last, I don't know, 
five weeks or four weeks, whatever mm-hmm. it's been yeah. since the OG thing. But And it just hasn't come. Unrelated, though, because I'm not – here's what I would say. But I'm not, not looking know, to replace I know, him. I know it's unrelated. I'm you looking know. to get pieces on my bench. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But now isn't there an urgency for that? Like, there has to be an urgency. I think There's there just was... not enough uh, – Jalen Brunson's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And I think what OG's done has been uh, – it's been exactly what the Knicks needed. But there is not enough scoring on this Knicks team to lose Julius Randle for however many weeks well, no, it's going to no. be. But, but Tiki, I agree. If Julius was out for the season, I think we're having a far different discussion. For the Knicks to do any damage, as you would say, in the postseason, mm. they need a healthy Julius Randle. I think we all know that. I admit that as a hater. You admit that as a lover. Like, that's the reality. <laughs> so my focus at the trade deadline wouldn't change because of this because I'm not looking to replace Julius Randle. And I think the Knicks are good enough to survive a month without him. Like, they're not going to tank. They're not going to fall apart. There's enough bad teams in the NBA. See, tonight, look at tonight's a great example. They're going to beat the crap out of the Hornets. They should. There's bigger concerns if they can't. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't look to make a trade to survive without Julius. I'd still be looking to make a trade to reinforce the roster I have to compete with Boston and Milwaukee, assuming but that was, I have a healthy Julius. That was guaranteed to happen. Now there's an urgency for it to happen. Why? That's the difference. Because there's not enough scoring. I agree with you, but not in the loss of Julius Randle. Because I think you have to play the game that he's coming back in a month and a half. Don't okay. you? Because if you don't, uh, as you said, you can't coach F. Okay, but can you can you hang on for six weeks? Yes. Five weeks? Yes. Are they good enough to hang on for five weeks? They're not playing the Bucks and the Celtics every night, so the answer is yes. Like I think they can survive in this NBA with the schedule that they look, have without look at the schedule. But, but they can survive without them. Now, are they going to fall down to the seven seed? No. I think they're still a top six seed. Are they going to get the three seed like Lugie and other Nick fans have dreamt about? No, I think it hurts them. I'll admit that. I no, think, it absolutely you admit that. Yeah, of course. Since the OG Ananobi trade, they are the best team in the NBA. You can look that up because they have the best record. Yes. So this is a gut-wrenching weekend for me, and I know for a lot of Nick fans. Number one, I'm a Julius supporter. Number two, they are playing such great basketball right now. Everything is so cohesive, and you knew another trade was coming. And to Teak's point, if you think Julius is going to miss the year, that's where you start thinking, all right, do we have to yeah. ask for Laurie Mark? Right. In which I don't think he's going to get traded, but you need to replace Julius. Now, if you think he's coming back short-term, then you stick with your other plan, which is to get a backup point guard. I still think they needed a big either way. Is Mitchell Robinson coming back? There are some unknowns. The good thing is... It kind of puts you in limbo. It's limbo. <laughs> so that's where Leon Rose has to make a tough call, and that's where you hope he has an idea of... How long is Julius going to be out? Well, because but, didn't Begley or someone say this surgery still on the table? So, so the, that would mean he's done. What I've read about with this injury is that Steph had this uh, a year or two ago, and he had dislocated shoulder, yeah. and he missed thirty one ga- the thirty one days. Right. So month. you could miss a month with an injury like this. Which, by the way, I think you are all signing for leap day, February twenty ninth. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Right. I think you'd be okay with that. I think if you get him back first couple of weeks of March, I laid out March 15th for my reasons, I think that's a victory. If there's concern he's not getting back till April or May, like he could miss the start of the playoffs, it's a completely different mindset. Look, they needed reinforcements either way, but now without Julius, think about the minutes OG's got to lock. Think about the minutes Jalen's got to lock. They're already bad. (laughs) They will have nothing left in the tank come April, so they have to get guys here quicker than they got to get more dogs as somebody would say Evan and they need it fast but they, but that's under here's the difference like God, this is it's such a crappy time because oh tell me about it I mean <laughs> six wins in a row smoke the heat and right. it's always personal against those losers right. and then and Julius goes down what have they lost two out of their last 15 or yeah, something like you, that it's it, just ridiculous no, how good they've been playing it's actually the best timing I disagree with you guys they have 15 of the next 20 games at home 
Like, they can survive this. This is all but about I the playoffs I and having them ready for... I get what you Because I still think they could have got a top three okay. seed, and they still might. I understand that. I understand the dream of I'm the best team in the league. I want to prove it. I want to beat everyone. I right. totally get that. I, I, fine. But they can absolutely weather being without him. Like, they've got 15 of their next 20 at home. When they play the Grizzlies at home, when they play the Jazz at home, yeah. when they play the Pistons next month at home, those are all winnable games. So to answer your question, Dick, yeah, I think they can absolutely weather it without replacing Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. The key to this whole thing is when is he back? If he's back in the middle of March, which gives him a month to get back into NBA shape and back to getting that cohesion with whoever they acquire to add to this bench, I think that's more than enough time to be ready. So that's the key to me. I think if he doesn't need surgery, Julius will come back as early as possible because that's the kind of guy he is. He wants to be out there. Not saying that other guys in the NBA don't, but we know maybe one of them is coming back tonight. There are guys (laughs) that want to play basketball. Julius Randle's one of them. So if he could get back early, he will. And the other aspect of this whole thing is... excited for that, by the way? For what? The thing that Lugie just kind of... I don't know what he's talking about. I'm talking about the Knicks right now. I'm focused on The Nets still in the league. I'm not talking about them. Why do I got to be pigeonholed with this? And we're doing IBO stuff here. We're talking real basketball, not that crap in Brooklyn, Well, we're just talking about guys that want to play basketball, not. Just Julius wants to play basketball. Here's the other reason why March 15th is a big day. Because they can weather the next month. Mm -hmm. If your uh, concern is, I want to be a four seed. I want to be a five. I want to be out of the playing tournament. I don't want to deal with that, which I completely agree with. And right now, there are five games off of the seven seats. They're mm-hmm. in a really good spot. They can weather that until the middle of March because all these home games they have coming up mm-hmm. gets countered with a crap ton of road games. Yeah. Including games in Denver, right. in Golden State, in Sacramento, and Milwaukee, in Boston. So if you can get them back by the middle of March, A, the Knicks will weather this for the next month and a half, and B, it's more than enough time for Julius to get back in a game shape for when it matters, which is the postseason. So the Knicks still haven't told us anything. Even Woj and Shams have just said they're confident. They think this. They think that. Let's see if it's the case. But if you avoid surgery, and we're talking weeks, not months, and you can get them back by March 15th, yeah, and, and you they, guys survive. And they'll weather the storm anyway because they had to trade for other players anyway. So they're going right. to do that regardless. So they're going to get depth. It's just now accelerated. Right, correct. That's, that's what, it to me, it feels like. It needs to be accelerated. I don't know if that means being imprudent, but it definitely needs to be accelerated. They don't have enough scoring. They just don't. Oh, especially off their bench. No, no question about it. And the NBA is wide open this year. Anybody could win the title no within, you know, which is, which is why even more since Correct. should be a Exactly. And they got a damn good basketball team. And I don't want to see this season go to waste. Were you very concerned this weekend? I try to ignore your texts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But what, what, I, my text? What did well, I say? Was, we're, we're sitting down. I'm watching. I believe it was the NFC Championship. Oh, yeah. Game. I did say that. And that's... Evan's got to go, man. It's real ominous that we haven't yeah. gotten a Julius Randle. I, I, I respect that, but during that game, did I need to see the Julius Randle stuff from you there? Yes, Not really. He wanted to troll you. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And I went, no, hold on, damn it. Hold on. I'm like, all right, let me go on Twitter. Is something Here, bad? Is something good? Here's where you guys are very, very wrong. And I treated this Randle injury the way I would treat the Grom's injury. That's exactly what I would say if it was Jacob DeGrom. That's exactly what I would say if it was Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly what I would say. The more time, and I probably have said it on the air many times, the more time, Teak, that goes by without an update, the more concerned I get. Yeah, of course, because it feels like they're hiding something. If it was something that was minor, you'd say, oh, he'll be fine a couple weeks. He'll be fine is easy to say. Well, he's going to need extensive rehab, may need surgery, blah, 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 blah. That's harder to say. No question. And it's, I, and it's harder to get out without panic. Absolutely. And what I feel bad about genuinely is that I have lived a life 
of refreshing Twitter and getting injury updates. Like, I'm not even kidding. I can give you 100 examples of it. Aaron Rodgers more recently, DeGrom when he was here, every Kevin Durant injury. Like, I know what it's like, Mm -hmm. and it's the worst. And so on Championship Sunday and the Royal Rumble Saturday night, I just understand what you guys are going through. And genuinely, no troll, I feel for you because I've lived that life many, many times. But just remember this, Nick fans and Jet fans and Met fans. The Detroit Lions reminded you of something. No matter how good things are, we are all going to lose. And we're all going to lose horribly. Let's go to Bruce in Connecticut. Hey, Bruce. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you for taking the call. Big honor. Thank uh, you. I want to ask you something. And Tiki, you being a former pro, yeah. I got to know if there's something to this or if I'm a gambling guy and I'm overthinking it. <laughs> but yesterday, yesterday, the Detroit Lions, I believe, became the 15th team in conference championship history to be an indoor team and go play outdoors and lose. For some reason, the conference title game, indoor teams do not win. And it's not like the... It's not That's like the weather was inclement. No. So weigh, weigh in on well, this. Hold on, hold on. Before, before Tiki does, what's the stat now? Like, has it ever happened where an outdoor team? I'm the sorry. Last in, time, in, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the, the last time I looked it up, yeah. it was Minnesota and Philadelphia some years ago. And I said, you know what? I got to look this up. Well, hold on. The Rams, like, the Rams now. The Rams won where? In New Orleans. But the Rams play in a dome. That yeah. thing in LA right. is a dome, isn't it? it it's... No, no team, no team that plays. You can't find one. And if you could, please do it. Well, hold on a second. Now you got you got my brain working yeah, right, here. Before Tiki right. gives an answer on football on this, has an outdoor. T- I'm sorry. No, an, has it, a dome team ever gone outside for a championship game and won? So the Rams, I don't think so. The man. Rams went to New Orleans. To New Orleans. So that's indoor. Right, they won indoor. But aren't the Rams an indoor team too? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's talking about a, an indoor team winning the championship outside. Right. So, right. by the, the way, the Rams that year played outside of the Coliseum. Oh, so there's your one example. But uh, but but that's not what he's saying. But he's they're saying, not a dome team then. He's saying indoor teams winning outdoors. Right? Oh, that's right. That's so correct. They're, so they're <laughs> not a, they're not a dome team. So who did the Rams? Where did they play two two years ago? I'm thinking of a different team here. So I'm go ahead. The Rams played in New Orleans. And then the, no, no. You're talking. Then they played San Francisco that year. A dome team winning. Didn't the out. Saints beat the Bears to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah, but they were at home. No, they were on the road. I thought. Were they? I thought the Saints won the NFC Championship. Hold on, I got game the list the of the NFC Championship games. Hold on. All right. So give me the the Rams two championships. No, he's right about that. No, they lost in 2006. We're talking about when they lost to the Chicago Bears. Right. They so, lost. They, they lost so to Saints, them. Yeah, the Saints beat the Vikings that year, and that was two right. dome teams. Far. All right, g- give me give me the Rams, the two championships that they've won. The Rams two championships. The one with golf. They won at San Francisco. Right, so that's your— With Stafford. Uh, but they were outside then. Yes. Oh, that was pre-SoFi. Yes. That was Coliseum. They went outdoor, <laughs> outdoor. So you would need, like, the Colts. The Colts won their title games at home, both of them. They beat the Patriots yeah. at home. He might and be right. no, 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 no. I think he's right. <laughs> I think he's right. And by the way, this leads into a point I've made to you for weeks that you guys, you and Sean, don't want to hear, which is that the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings at cold-weather teams have hurt themselves by playing inside. Yeah. Because neither team has been to a Super Bowl since going inside. The Vikings actually went to a few when they were outside. The Lions obviously haven't been to one. 
Uh, never mind. Yeah. It's never happened. I, so I the, thought I had one. I thought I had Washington over Detroit in 91, but that was so in Washington. So dome teams in a championship game can't go outside and win. Yeah. It's never happened. I would I would guess, because <laughs> I have no idea. Yes. But I would guess you get used to continuity of surface. So this is why some um, quarterbacks, because they don't get hit, they don't have to deal with it as much as other skill position players, are okay with AstroTurf or mm. with the field turf. Where, you know, this whole debate that we've been having for, I mean, last few years, really, about all fields should be grass in the NFL. Right. Figure out a way to make it grass. But there's some guys, including Eli Manning, who said, yeah, but the, the AstroTurf gives you a continuity, right? The, the field turf, it gives you a continuity of surface. You know exactly what you're doing. You're not worried about slipping and sliding you figure out what shoes to wear, and you can wear them all the time. You're not changing the length of your your studs and all those other things. So the, the only thing I could think would be that the inconsistency in surface gets to you, well, I'll in, tell a, you in a heightened game. i tell you where all this comes full circle. So beginning of this show, we talked a lot about losers losing mm-hmm. and Dan Campbell making decisions that contributed to the Lions losing this game. And one of the big decisions he made twice was eschewing a field goal to go for it on fourth down. And you've laid out, and a few callers have laid out, well, Michael Badgley, mm-hmm. he hasn't attempted a kick outside. Right. He's unreliable. Well, if the Detroit Lions aren't a comfy dome team, <laughs> is there really concern about Michael Badgley no. attempting a 48-yard field goal it's in such, San Francisco? Such a good point. It's a good point if the because weather, if he's used to weather and wind and rain and nonsense, and he still goes up there, no no distraction of focus, and just crushes it through the uprights, then maybe Dan Campbell, you know, and seven minutes to go in the in the in the in the third quarter, kicks that. Well, if they're playing the game. that game in Atlanta, another dome, he's kicking it. I mean, I mean, and puts it a seventeen point lead. Oh, I have now scanned every AFC and NFC championship game twice. Yes. I cannot find an example of this happening. However, I do think there should be a caveat. There are now, percentage-wise, way more dome teams there were from 1995 previously. Yeah. Which I think you're going to okay. have more okay. chances So, so, so in fairness, right now in the AFC, you've got the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, and also now the Raiders and Chargers that right. are dome teams. Yes. Okay? By the way, the Chargers, that stadium, SoFi, is weird. It's indoor, but... It's more like an umbrella. It's not like yeah. a, it's not like a dome. They've had you lightning I mean? delays there. Yeah, it's it's like an umbrella. So wouldn't that be a not a dome? But the, the field is ineffected. Oh. right. The field. So that's is how protected. we judge it. Like you're protected in there, even though it, it the, an umbrella is the best way to think about it. it. It's open underneath, everywhere. It's all open. It's just this one big slant, right? Right. That's like on an angle, and part of it goes down to the ground. The rest of it is wide you know open. You know what? Technically, not a dome because if there happens to be heavy winds, they will be affected. Yeah, yes. that one. I don't even know if yeah. I would call that. I a would dome. either. I mean, yeah. It's listed as a dome, but it's not a dome. Yeah. Hello, SNY. Arizona's a dome. The Rams obviously were a dome. We're talking about that place. Yep. Atlanta, Atlanta New Orleans are domes. Minnesota, Detroit are domes, and Dallas is a dome. Okay, hold on. Yeah. So let's go look at Dallas. I looked at all of them when they all those championship games. Texas Stadium was not a no, dome. No, that yet. wasn't a dome. I'm talking about the new ones are dome. Never, no, 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 never. No, no, no. Cowboys don't play in championship games anymore. So they they, well, no, no. Go back to those original ones. Yeah. And where were they played? Most of them at Texas Stadium. There was candlestick involved. So did they win in Candlestick? 
Uh, I have to go back. Technically, they are a dome team. But no, they they're weren't. not. No, no, they weren't back then. They weren't. You had the eye of God. Yeah, oh, remember God was looking. But down. technically, it's a dome. That's not a dome. <laughs> it is. No, it's. A, they played in the snow once it was before. Astro turf. Yeah, but Tiki, do you remember the Dolphin Cowboy yes, game dude, on Thanksgiving in the snow? It. I remember it all. If you play in the snow, you're not a dome. Well, Tiki's I argument. Mean, Tiki's <laughs> argument is more about the turf. Our right. argument is more about the elements. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess it's. Here's different. what I know. Because the elements don't. How, you can't predict who's going to win or lose a game based on the elements. You know what I mean? And so, to me, it's about the field, the turf. I get you. But I do think the elements matter, too. And elements, the elements or the matter. elephants? The elephants and the elements. <laughs> they both matter greatly. What's up, Josh? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. What's up? All right. So, uh, in the analytical world, I haven't heard anybody address this yet, so... Let's let's see if you guys you guys got connections with analytic departments. Oh, we're very smart. Yes, I have a calculator on my phone. <laughs> All right. Well, how about this? Uh, three score lead, twenty two minutes to go. What are the percentages of that team winning? And I, if we can, I'm going to say it's like nine percent. Three score no, lead. It's like nine percent with like a three 90. score lead. No, I, I'm with twenty-two so, minutes I, to play. I'm sorry. The, the other team would have a nine percent chance of winning. So a ninety-one percent chance of winning would be yeah. my guess. Oh, okay, you're talking about so the, 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 the doesn't the that team. override the yeah. other analytical factors? Yeah, but I think the challenge was twofold, and we talked about this at this top of the show. The the analytics have now favored going forward on fourth down so much more than we ever thought was possible. And so while it was 90 or so percent to kick a field goal and win, it was also 90-something percent to go for it on fourth down. And if you get it, it increases even more probably. You you contrast that or you just, you you compare that with the probability that your kicker, Michael Badgley, who hasn't kicked a 45-plus-yard field goal outside all season long and has only been active for five games, is going to make a kick that is 77% accurate. People miss it 25% of the time, right? So what are you going to do if you're the coach? And Dan Campbell has been aggressive all year. He went for it because that's Mm. what he's been doing all year long. Yes, just like Kevin Cash all year long took his pitcher out in the sixth inning uh, with a pitch count of 65. And the Rays lost the World Series in 2020 and haven't been back. And I'll make you this prediction. Lions ain't got back either. Mm. That's the unfortunate thing about sports. I don't don't know. I mean. Oh, I know. They're not getting back. It was cute and it was fun and they got a nice little team. They ain't getting back. I thought of one that debunks it, although they're not a loser franchise. Go ahead. And that is something we talked about on Cinco last week. The Ravens in 2010. Or 2011, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, when they lost yeah. brutally to the Patriots, the got back to the struck. exact same situation and beat them. Yeah. And then they end up winning the Super Bowl the next no, year. You're, look, it happens. Right. Like, I'll give mm-hmm. you one in baseball, too. The Kansas City Royals, they lost a brutal World Series in 2014 to the Giants. Like, a brutal World Series. Yeah, a seventh game at though. home, and they came back the next year. I don't, because trust me, there's plenty of baseball well, examples where you don't get back. And there you go. How does a loser overcome being a loser? They meet another loser when it matters. And that's what the Royals did that year. I'm a loser. I see what you're saying. So the Lions need to face the Jets in the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. Do you think the Cubs win the World Series if they're not playing the Cleveland Indians? (laughs) That's a good point. It's true. Loser versus loser. Someone's got to win. In fact, the Mets won the NL by beating the Cubs. Another loser. That's true. We did beat that loser that year. Let's go to Dave in Middlebury, Connecticut. What's up, Dave? Hey, how are you guys? Uh, hey, by the way, I just wanted to say thanks for the comments about the Knicks because I have to live vicariously because of the Donnybrook between uh, Cable and uh, 
and uh, the Knicks hierarchy. I don't even get a chance to watch it. Oh, so I, oh, live the, I live through their medium of radio and, and print, you know. Oh, which is Lord, tough. that's crazy. Yeah, it's tough. It's terrible. It's where it's at. Everything's out of cart now. But so I wanted to just comment a little bit about the uh, Detroit game. I kind of tuned in a little bit late. And yeah. I did scan a lot of uh, different radio stations, and I even listened to the Francesca podcast, and everybody kind of was a little soft on the uh, – um, on Campbell, listen, I love Dan Campbell, and I, I like the idea, you know, but, you know, listen, Riverboat Ron's out of a job right now, mm-hmm. and the reality is just because you did something all year long doesn't make it necessarily the right thing to do. And the reason for that is, my thought is on this at least, you're away, you're not at home, you know, you're playing a real good football team uh, that you knew was going to respond in the second half, and why put Goff in that position? It's a very different thing than Mr. Field Goal, in terms of momentum, and then also, you know, to to, to move off on a fourth down play. By the way, Dave, 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 I want to I want to answer the first thing you said, which is you've noticed that I've listened to I listened a little bit to Detroit Sports Talk Radio this morning. I'll be honest, as well as a little bit of Boomer and Geo. So I have I don't have everybody's opinion on this, but I think the reason what you're hearing is softness is you're hearing a lot of people, especially in Detroit, who were just so happy and stunned to be there. And that's where the softness comes on Dan Campbell. Mm. That he has done such a marvelous job, and he has, getting the Detroit Lions to the NFC Championship game, that that anger, that extra oomph that maybe other big-name coaches would face or other big-name players would face, it's not the same because it's, oh, the Lions. They got to the NFC title game. And I think you can do two things at the same time. You can say, wow, what an amazing job. He's turned that program around. But then also simultaneously say, what the F are you doing when you got a chance to make it a three-score game mid-third quarter? What the F are you doing when you got a chance to tie the game mid-fourth quarter? What the F are you doing when you're using a timeout with one minute to go on fourth down? What are you doing when you're running on third and goal in that play before that? What are you doing when Amon Ross St. Brown gets the ball in his hands running on third and four? Like, all that can be true. And all that can be fair rips while simultaneously saying, yeah. wow, Dan Campbell did an amazing job getting them there. And, that's, and I think that's what it comes down to. He did do a great job. They have a ton of talent. It's why when you know Sean says they're not getting back or you even say it's not examples of them getting back, the NFC is going to get better, obviously. The Cowboys may figure it out. Who knows? The Eagles may, may be a one-year like a, a one blip on their growth or whatever it may be. So it might not be easier. But the Detroit Lions have a ton of talent on there, especially offensively, mm-hmm. and it's all young talent. The question is going to be Jared Goff. Like if people start figuring out Jared Goff, that's when they get in trouble, right? That's because they're going to give him an extension. He's going to be there for the for the next whatever four, three or four years, and so your one limitation may be an unathletic quarterback. But other than that, the Detroit Lions feel like they're they're going to stay yeah. here. You want to make a long term bet, like Go a ahead. real long term bet? What's that? The Kansas City, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Detroit Lions won't even get to the title game next year. That's part one. And part two is they're not getting to the Super Bowl in the Dan Campbell era. Mm. Want to make that bet? Mm. I mean, I can't make that bet. I have no idea. What I'm, at, well, I'm making a bet. I want the Giants to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I can't bet against I'm my not team. picking one year. I'm giving you the, the entire era. Look, this is not going to happen, man. They got close. It's the Mets in 06. It's the Nets in 21. It's the Jets in 9 and 10. Trust me. I've seen this before. The big, they're done. The bigger argument for them not getting back is... Will the 
NFC North ever be as easy and navigatable as it was this year Great for the Lions? Point. Great I mean, point. the Packers are on the come in that division. Right. Who knows what the heck the Bears do? What if the Bears literally land a generational quarterback now? Mm-hmm. It's all part of it. Like, that division is going to start But, that's a home. part of why I say that. It is re- Dan Campbell said it. Play this clip one more time, Lou, when you get a chance. Dan Campbell, after the game, acknowledged what I certainly know as a fan, which is how difficult it is to right. get back. This may have been always shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know However. how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point right. next year than it was this year. He's right. That's why, no offense to him and the Lions, they ain't getting back. I just know it. Trust me, I know stuff about losers. Right. You might, you might be right, but I don't know. I just, I can't predict it. I played it, so I can't, no, I can't I sit you. here and say something's going to happen five years from now. But, by the way. Giants bounce back from the uh, the Deshaun Jackson game to win the Super Bowl. That is true. One other thing that needs to be addressed, and we have a lot more time for your phone calls, plus I have a great Lamar Jackson comparison with another athlete in a different sport. <laughs> they kept running commercials about after halftime. Did you guys watch this? I it saw was, it. I saw it. Sa- I think Saquon yeah, was Saquon, uh, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson and uh, the Saints defensive lineman. I forgot his name. Now. So they're running these ads of after halftime of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What the hell are they talking about? After halftime? Isn't after halftime the second half? No, the first commercial after the halftime show. Oh, they're or from- after halftime period. They'll run an ad. Uh, That's what they're, they're promoting a commercial? So they're setting yeah. you up for... This is nothing new. Last year, a couple people did this. They ran a commercial teasing their Super Bowl It's going to be dumb. It's going to be like Snoop Dogg no, being but, off the smoke. No, but time out, time out, time out. It's NFL players that are in it, so I'm under the assumption it's coming from the NFL. But not how, how many? How many players? I just I saw Saquon Justin Jefferson for sure. It's the only two I remember. It was three so players. So if it's less than if it's three or few players, mm-hmm. it's not an NFL thing. It could be it could be a branding thing. So it's a branding thing? Yeah. It could be some brand. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. If it was an NFL thing, it'd probably have been more. Can you call up but the league group, and find out what the, this is? But the group licensing agreement gives you the ability to use three or fewer and it doesn't become a That's interesting. Like a like a you don't have to pay the whole union. So that's real so I uh I, I think I you the, got it. The tease. First of all, it's Cam Jordan. The belief is, and this is purely internet speculation. It's promoting the next wave of Campbell NFL soup. Campbell soups global game. Yeah, the international oh, announcing yep. the Brazil stuff and everything. We're, we've uh, gone totally global. Ah, uh, who cares? <laughs> what a, such, what a, a, such a letdown. What a buzzkill. <laughs> then again, going to be some innovative commercial, some new product that we've never uh, seen before. I mean, it still could it's be again. change our lives. Yeah. The equivalent of the Apple Apple uh, cell phone, whatever that was, yeah. the 40 years ago, yeah. 30 years 40 ago. 40 years ago, yeah. It feels like it's been forever. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something fun. You told me it's international games? Well, because the commercial was set in Ghana's capital. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. I forgot about that's that. Why, uh, Wait, that's why... Wait, they the actually least. went to Ghana to film that? CGI. I, yeah, CGI. I, I believe that was CGI. I don't think Justin Jefferson was in his biking I mean, uniform running through a market. I did, I did a commercial for... Power power bar, one of these things, and I filmed it in Europe because they don't have to pay the extras. <laughs> Is that true? Right, I didn't know there that. Were so many extras, it was like I had a power bar in Europe. Every, you don't every, have to pay extras if it's not on American soil. The the residuals, you don't have to, oh, you don't have to gotcha. do the residuals. It's like a one time thing. Wow. And so the, they were all chasing me around because they had power bars. Right, so I'm like running through the street, <laughs> and people think they could tackle me. But it was in it was in Europe. I forget where what what city it was in. But I was only there for thirty something. Speaking hours. of tackling you, I thought about that as a game for the Tiki Olympics that are uh-huh. coming this summer, and that one of the 
plans would be me, Sean, Lugie, and anyone else at this station that wants to try has to tackle you. Mm, that'd be hard. That for you're guys. running the football and we're trying to tackle you. That'd be hard for you guys. I you think so. Yeah. I'd be Who's scared. driving us to the ambulance Ooh, after he trucks it's us? A, it's not even. I wouldn't even truck you. I I would probably tear one of your ACLs. <laughs> oh, Jeez. that's much better. I'd rather get my ass planted so to the ground. You're you're out, Lugie. You don't want to be involved in this. No, I don't want to get hurt. I'd definitely do it. Sean, are you involved? Yeah, like I believe that Tiki could tear my ACL, but if I could, if anybody said, "How'd you tear your ACL?" <laughs> I would be say, "Okay with it." Yeah, trying to tackle Tiki. Uh, you better watch out because coming up this Thursday morning, Sean Morash versus me oh, in a pickleball yes, game. I almost forgot about that's this. coming up this Thursday. Wait, this is for the beard, though. Bro. This is for the beard. If I win, if I beat him in a game of pickleball, this ugly beard that you can see on SNY, it's gone. It's over. It's done. If Sean somehow wins, he gets to make, quote, a big show decision. You picked up a paddle yet, Sean? So I picked up a paddle. I did a little wrist work. Yeah. Okay. Did you, did you that was just him and his wife, from though. the guy who wrote you no. and, and DM'd you, slid into your DMs and said, hey, man, I can teach you how to play pickleball. No lessons. I did um, I did watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> I also started my morning this morning, 45 minutes in the Peloton, and I did 100 sit-ups and get this. Only passed gas t- on two of the sit-ups. Nice. Oh, it's uh, a good ratio. So it it's going to smell when we play. Two to 100? <laughs> no, only when I'm crunching my stomach, you gotcha, moron. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, what do you think? I just run back and forth on a court farting? Like, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Do you think you get through the game without an injury? That's the key question. Yes, Evan. I continue to do stuff. He claims to be an elite athlete. I mean, he's not, not elite. elite. Not elite. Not elite. Uh, capable. Okay. An elite grown-up athlete. Now, yeah. I heard that a lot of people were asking you over the weekend about your chances of beating me in Pickleball. You, yeah, you would have thought I was like Ringo Starr going through the <laughs> supermarket aisles here. Uh, yeah, a lot of people asking me about it. I what do you say to them? Are you like cocky to them? Or are you like, eh, we'll see, I don't know. I, sh- I, I quickly go to Twitter, and I pull up a picture of Evan, and then I tell him to look at me, and I go, do you think I should be worried? And of course, everybody goes, ah, you'll be fine. Damn. What a douche. <laughs> I'm not a douche. Dude, they realize. I put a you, he set you up. For I, that. Really did. I put a poll up last week. Who's gonna win in pickleball? Me or Sean? On my Twitter account, I won fifty five percent to forty five percent. Sean then puts the same poll up from his Twitter account and exact same results. Really? I was stunned by that. Like that you would win? Yes! 55-40. It was the, the exact same result. Your supporters don't even support you. No, you know how many times I get a really mean tweet and I click and it always just follows you? A lot of haters just follow me. <laughs> but you thought you were going to win that when you put it out there. I'd rather be this way. All right, so you do. You, are you the underdog going into the game Thursday morning? Sure, I'll be the underdog. Works fine for the 07 Giants. All right, so we're playing Thursday morning, and then our production crew is so quick. They're going to pop out a video by the time we get on the air. They better be. Thursday at 2 o'clock. <laughs> so it'll all be out there. And then we'll find out, is the beard gone or does Sean get to make some kind of, quote, big decision about the show? No pressure, Izzo. No pressure. He'll get it done. I have faith I, in him. I don't know. Gallo's still on his 15th Dice Clay video. We got to work. <laughs> <laughs> he will get it done, I promise. We'll get back to your calls on what happened this weekend. Plus, the conspiracy theorist took a big hit because there was this whole Super Bowl logo conspiracy. Oh, thank God that's gone. That the Ravens were destined to face the Niners. Well, guess what? And I guarantee you've never heard it before. I have my own conspiracy theory. Mm. I have a conspiracy theory about why certain things happened this weekend that I can almost promise you haven't heard anywhere else because who else would think of a conspiracy as wild as the one I have concerning the Chiefs-Ravens game? That have to do with Sean Smith, (laughs) the ref. That was a conspiracy going into the game. A matter of fact, 
it did. Well, there you go. We'll explain it, but you don't know why. We'll explain it coming up. I'll tell you, conspiracies in the NFL are like a big deal. I don't know if you guys heard it, but this morning, Boomer was talking on the air about how some crazy Raven fan was like confronting him and Cower about how the NFL is rigged. Like he was what? all pissed. Yeah, all pissed off about the Ravens losing. And I think Boomer even said he was about to kick his ass, like at some point. But the guy was like, oh, the sport is rigged. This is ridiculous. This yeah. is so unfair. And it's, it's not that it's true that it's rigged. It's true that there are people out there, maybe some listening to our voice right now, who don't believe the results are completely yeah. fair when it comes to the NFL. And whether it's just the officiating being biased towards one team or whatnot. Yeah. So Bad job by me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said that once. So one of the conspiracies that's been out there for a while is, well, look at the Super Bowl logo. Mm-hmm. It's got Ravens purple and Niners red. <laughs> and there was like a television station that a few weeks ago accidentally wrote Ravens Niners yeah. as the Super Bowl. That's because that's someone who has no idea what's going on right. with the sport. Right. And they picked two names, two teams, and they threw it on a Chiron. Right. A Chiron. That's lower, the graphic. Lower, lower third, right. Sean. Lower third. <laughs> right. I, now I remember. So... That's a conspiracy that's gone. And I'm not, you know, a big conspiracy guy, but there is something that jumped out at me from this weekend. So, um, viewer discretion is advised as I'm about to describe an NFL conspiracy. You guys ready? Yes. Sean Smith mm-hmm. was the official for the Chief Raven game. And you may have noticed something about Sean Smith throughout this game. Exhibit A. Holding. Offense number 76. 10-yard penalty, second down. Struggling. Mm. Struggling with the voice. That's just one example. Here's another example. At the end of the play, Tawny. Offense number four. It'll be first and ten. Sean Smith was going through puberty right before our eyes. Or maybe he's had a cold and, you know. Like, had to get his voice right. That's fine. You don't even know the conspiracy yet. I don't know the conspiracy. I'm just defending him. I'm just presenting the facts, then I will give you the conspiracy. Here's another example of poor Sean Smith. He's struggling to speak. Personal foul, roughing the passer. Defense number 24. 15-yard penalty added to the end of the run. First down. All right, so no denying poor Sean was dealing with something. Right. He's He's trying to yell also over top of the... The Ravens crowd. That call you just heard was the roughing call on Jadavion Clowney. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you played that. Until it became too obvious to ignore 12 men on the field, the personal foul on Roquan Smith where he purposely went offsides. Besides that, that was the last time Sean Smith turned his mic on. He was done. Sean Smith realized, I can't do this anymore. I am struggling to announce these penalties. So, Raven fans, there were multiple drives in which Raven fans are all sharing clips and graphics of, that's a P.I., that's a P.I., that's a P.I., and they were never called. Well, do you ever ask yourself why? (laughs) It's not because they're helping the Chiefs. No, it's not because of Taylor Swift. It's because Sean Smith made a business decision. He said, I'm going to be mocked. I can't even speak. It hurts for me to announce these penalties. So I got an idea. What if I don't have to announce them anymore? No chance. Sean Smith decided no more. He told his crew, 
No more! I can't speak anymore! No more penalties! Ladies and gentlemen, conspiracy theory. <laughs> what the heck? It's not bad. <laughs> All right, were there any penalties called on the other way? So the, oh, I, I'm not kidding you, there were no more flags called, including the controversial third and five one that led to the Justin right. Tucker field goal. The right. only penalties that were called, like I mentioned, were on the Chiefs' final drive because he had to. 12 men on the field and Roquan Smith personal foul when he came. Those are non-deniable. Those aren't like... Uh, maybe there's a PI, maybe not. No, no. There's 12 men on the field, and yeah, then but it's B. Not, but it's not his call. What th- that would mean he's going around to the rest of his crew, the back judge, the line judge, the field judge, the umpire, and being like, "All right, dude, no more penalties because I can't talk." Team players, there's no chance. Team that players. No, I think there's a better chance we know how he lost his voice. That's the conspiracy. During this whole thing. What he went to a Taylor Swift concert? Might as well have spent the whole night in his <laughs> hotel room in Taylor Swift. Mania singing all of her hits, trying to hit oh, the high stop. note, and he burnt out his voice. That's funny. All I know, or maybe he was just sick. Yeah, no, tis the season. But Tiki, he was sick. But after that, Jadavion Clowney roughing the passer penalty. Now one penalty was called until the game was basically over. I need to send him to my boy Andrew Catalan. And think about this, Tiki. Andrew Catalan was sick for a couple of weeks. Never, never heard it in his voice. Well, that's incredible. Ever. He should have taken the same meds. But think about it, Raven fans today. Of, and including that crazy guy who was like uh, screaming at Bill Cowher, Boomer Siason. They're mad about calls. Well, ask yourself, what calls are they mad at? They're mad at the non-pass interferences on those final two drives, including the third and five one that led to the Justin Tucker field goal. We all have to admit that's a real thing Raven fans are annoyed about. Mm-hmm. In fact, Dean Blandino came on and admitted one of them was a penalty. <laughs> but Sean Smith. Didn't want to have his voice crack anymore. There's no chance. And I understand. Can you play one of those again? That was a lot of fun. I feel bad for it, but you know what, Sean? I'm sorry. I got to call you out on this. Personal foul, roughing the passer. Defense number 24. 15-yard penalty out to the end of the run. First down. I don't blame him, actually. I'm on Team Sean Smith. Like, jeez, man. How many times you got to turn that mic on and have to try to speak? That's not easy, dude. You try to talk with a sore throat. Right, and you're screaming because it, it's loud. Yeah. <laughs> but the reality is, he doesn't have to scream. We're going to hear him anyways. The yeah. mic is good enough to pick him up, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> is this the part where I say this is purely satirical, so I get sued or something? Uh, <laughs> no, I look, conspiracies are conspiracies. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a conspiracy, I tell you. He had a sore voice, sore throat. He didn't want to throw any flags. I don't blame him. Look, I'm on his side. I just the problem with conspiracies for me for any conspiracy Go is ahead. that the amount of people that have to be involved for it to be executed properly is just it's just you can't do it. Well, this one's easy. Sean just takes the crew to the side during one of the TV timeouts and says, listen, guys, I cannot speak anymore. No more flags unless it's obvious. Wouldn't one of them speak up and go, I'll announce the penalties? Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take over for you. Nah, I can't do that. There That's might be protocol. An opportunity for advancement for me. <laughs> I don't hate that. Honestly, of all the conspiracies, because by the way, my phone was blowing up with a lot of idiots yesterday with conspiracies. That's not the worst I've heard. Well, what are the other conspiracies you've heard? <sighs> my one buddy yesterday had a doozy. By the way, the fact that Sean had to do a deep breath before telling us makes me think this is going to be amazing. I know, right? That the NFL all year played out this logo conspiracy to make you think and make you bet that it was going to be the Ravens and the Niners, knowing it wouldn't be. So everybody would have lost money yesterday on that. The real thing was to bet the opposite of the logo. And and also, to further that, to keep us off the trail that they're fixing it for Taylor Swift. Well, forget yeah. Taylor Swift. But I think, honestly, 
the the sports book took took baths this year. Like they, they did. They yeah, got crushed. public won a lot of money this yeah. year. Crushed. So that would I actually would believe it. Don't don't even say it because if <laughs> this person's listening that, now, that would I could believe. You know why? Because there's a big incentive, money, yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, a lot. Think, were people really betting on the Ravens because of the logo? Well, but yes. either way, so, the <laughs> Ravens. I saw videos yeah. with people explaining why you shouldn't, because so much money was going to the Ravens. Wow, the Ravens didn't if cover. Know, if you know nothing, Man. like absolutely nothing about the intricacies of the game. Like you don't know the Andy Reid history and Steve Spagnola and his defensive game plans and schemes. And even if you listened to it, you wouldn't understand what the hell they're talking about. And all of a sudden for the last two years, the, the logo is the teams that are playing. Doesn't that make sense to you? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm just, I'm what, what's really depressing for me and a lot of others is that the logo for next year's Super Bowl came out and it involved Jet Green. So, so the thought was, boy, if this turns out to be true, we're set. We're going to the Super Bowl. Now you have no hope. And now we're hopeless, yeah. Now we're all completely screwed. Let's go to Ed in East Islip. What's up, Ed? Hey, fellas. How you doing? We're good. What's we're up? We're doing well. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm, uh, I am Team Dan Campbell. I would trade Robert Sala for him in two milliseconds. <laughs> wow. I mean, what's this? this? This is not an anti-Campbell call, but why is it good practice to kick a field goal before the half to extend your lead to 17 points, but not good practice to do the exact same thing in the third quarter, the second half of the game, you're less than a half away. Go up 17 again, get a little momentum, and make them chase you. It's just like, you know, there's, there's so, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. Like, I love going for it on fourth and short in certain situations, but like in others, like, let's keep it simple and kick the three. Yeah, well, I mean, we answered this earlier briefly, but I'll expand upon it. The earlier field goal was guaranteed points. Mm. A 48-yard field goal with a kicker who's been on your roster for five weeks or six weeks, active roster, and who has not tried a 45-plus-yard field goal outside all season long, it's less assured. That's the big difference. That's it's, And so the reality is the 49ers after that point, I'm just looking at this, the 49ers after that point had five more possessions. So five more, five more. Mm-hmm. One of them didn't matter because it was the end of the game. So they had four possessions. And you know what they did on those four possessions? They went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Yeah. So unless you did something, meaning the the, the Lions, with your offense, they were still going to lose the game. Right? They, they, yeah, I but know you, what you're saying. You left points on the board and you lost by three. I, I hear you, but it came down to your defense also making a stop, did which you, they didn't. Did you text Dan Campbell yet, by the way? I did not. What are you waiting? Are you going to wait a day, like let the grieving occur before you text him? No, I wrote him every day after he won, so I'm going to write him today. What are you waiting for, after the show? No. So why don't you text him now? What the hell are we waiting for? I, I don't Let's know. Get this on the road, he's, man. He's, you know, he's grieving right now. I know that's what. Look, if I were you, I wouldn't text him for like a week. Why? I just, I let people grieve. He's my boy. All right, I'm going to write him. No, no, you you, have, you know him better than I do. I'm going mean, to write him. Stop. All right. Oh, jeez. Let people that? grieve. You were texting me about Randall the next day before nah, he had any results. You're different. And oh, I was different. And by the way, I wasn't texting you negatively about Julius Randle. I was genuinely saying, hey. Because we haven't heard anything. It's ominous. You use the word ominous. Yeah, I said that about DeGrom, too. Like, I wasn't, te- I was texting you as an IBO. Oh, really? Because I heard from other Nick fans that said that you texted them the same thing. I know. Because as an IBO? I texted. Or as the leader of the coalition? You texting with Al Cintron or something? Uh, maybe. 
I don't really. I, I don't, did text I, Al I that. I don't give away. And my Al's questions. like the most obnoxious Nick fan I've ever met. I like Al, but my God, feels he like obnoxious. an oxymoron, and I'm a Nick fan. But yes, no. Al did a couple of good overnights this weekend, and I enjoy him on the air. But I mean, he is the most obnoxious Nick fan I have. But ever you met. didn't let Al or me grieve, though. I, I wasn't rubbing it into Al, or oh. was I rubbing it into you? I was oh. merely saying... You were concerned. I was making an IBO observation, independent basketball observer. Sure. Hey, guys, yeah. it kind of feels not good mm. that there's been this long since an update. I gotta, be, I gotta be honest. Al Cintron gets more pub around here than Helix Wireless at this point. Well, I like Al. That's a good guy. Can I tell you? Big wrestling fan, too. Big Met fan, too. Are you jealous or something? No, I'm not jealous at all. Okay. It's just, you know? What? Yeah, you got something else to say? You sound jealous, if you ask me. So. I, it's just very odd. There's a lot of people do a lot of great work here on the weekends. Al Cintron's always I wasn't picking someone above someone else. I'm saying we're friends. We text each <laughs> what, other. What, he got to go through the you? entire weekend lineup? We'd be here forever. By the way, Loogie good on the weekends, too. <laughs> and me and Loogie, after the show today, breaking down the Royal Rumble for an hour. True story. John's in Maspeth. What's up, John? How's it going, Evan? What's and Tiki, uh, Sean, and Tommy. Uh, What's up? question now i've been debating this for a long time now and you know i'm a i'm a brooklyn nets fan the nets still in the league and the yankees but i've been thinking about renouncing my fanship of the nets oh you know it's not it's not up there with my with my fandom of the yankees or the niners which i've been fans of all my life and you know it's never been up there ever and I've just been irate with the Nets over the years now. And, you know, we've, we've traded away draft picks. And John, 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 John. Let's go, Knicks. Losers are losers. I said that at the top of the show about the Lions, and we have a lot of teams in this town that are losers. But a part of rooting for a loser is sticking with them. Mm-hmm. You don't give up on losers. Because then when they become winners, you can't get back on. That's right. Like I, I, you can't I, say I was here through thick and thin. You were just there through the thin. That's it. Like you know who did that recently, and I, I like the guy. How does that go? I forget. What Thicker, thin, and then thin. you're thick. thick. Is the good stuff. Yeah. yeah something you, like you that. jumped off on the thin. <laughs> right. You can't come back when it's thick. That's right. There's a or guy. <laughs> there's a guy in this town who I respect. Who's a big, big Mets fan, and he's a big, big Dolphins fan, and he's a big, big Devils fan. And up until recently, he was a big, big Nets fan. And all of a sudden, he's like uh, Mr. Nick. He's at the garden, and he's rooting them on. Oh, come on. We're good, streaky! And that guy that's is Frank the Tank, and I'm down on him Frank for that. Uh, I'm down on him for that. That's weak, Frank. Of course it's weak, and he knows it. He just wants to see a winner. I think he just got... wants attention as, like, a Nick fan well, or something. I mean, but I love the guy, but come on. Someone else outside of New York? Should um, he have, you mean? Yes. Yeah, just just stick with your freaking team. What do you mean, pick another team? Don't pick anybody. I don't know. Pick, like, the, the Lakers or something. The Lakers? Pick yeah. the Pistons if you really want to show how tough you are. Yeah, but that's not... There's no winning. He wants to root for champion. For <laughs> the Jets killed Carl. He's champion. a Mets fan. He's a Dolphins oh, fan. Those got two a, franchises are like the definition of losers. He got a taste of having frequent access to download tickets at the Garden for Nick games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he quenched his thirst. Yeah, that, that bothers me. So to John and Maspeth and Frank the Tank, no. All right, you stick with the loser team you root for because once you're there, you're there. That's not a good saying. Once you're – I'll come up with a saying on why you stick with a team, but (laughs) we have to take this call because I've been thinking about this all day, and I want Terrence and West Islip to ask the question because it's a good one. What's up, Terrence? Uh Hey, uh, hey, KK. What's up, Terrence? Hey, what's going on? Did you get to go to the Baltimore game with your daughters? No, she forgot about it. 
She forgot oh, about it. See, that's what happens when Taylor Swift influences you to be a fan. Oh, you kind of forget God. about the football game. Now you, just, just, to, you just care about Taylor. I'm being serious. Now just to you restate just care, here. You just care about Taylor Swift. For those that forgot, Tiki revealed to us late last week that his lovely daughter said, Hey, Daddy, can you take me to Ravens Chiefs so I can see Taylor Swift? Yes. And I was like, Tiki, you got to take her. Yeah. Like, this is a, a baller move right now for your daughter. Let's right. go. Go. And so that was a follow-up. And you're telling me she never brought it up again? She forgot? She forgot. You know why? Because she had cheer, and her friend, Giovanna, came over, and all they cared about was cheer. That was it. That was it. She forgot. She didn't even ask me who won. Interesting. She forgot. So I don't want to hear this nonsense anymore. Taylor Swift is making football fans. No, they're not. They're making Taylor Swift fans. So she didn't watch the game a, at all? She's just, No, she's just in a different place. Do you know how many times CBS showed Taylor Swift during the broadcast? I kept track. Hmm. You want to guess? I do not know. I was on my treadmill. You were watching a game on your treadmill? I was watching a game on my treadmill. Man, we are not cut from the same No, <laughs> no, we are not. I was on my couch eating and drinking. <laughs> I ran 10 miles, actually. Wow. 10, ten, miles, ten, on the, miles? ten miles on the treadmill with my iPad on the, on the Peloton the thing. title game? They're in the AFC title you game. You suck. Dude, I, 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 I say that in. respectfully. Bro, I had to get it in. I'm running a half marathon in a couple of months. Wing so. ripped to shreds. Yeah, when do you get your four dozen wings and three beers? <laughs> that is such a different way to watch a game. It's so unbelievable. I'm thinking well, of me and Sean well, and Lugie and all of us listening. Like, we're just stuffing you, our fate you know with what, you, know what, you know what else it helped? What? I didn't have to listen. Oh, you were listening to what they had, said? I just had to watch. Oh. I'll tell oh, you boy. something if you missed anything. Jim Nance and CBS. Jim Nance and Tony Romo, they don't like each other. <laughs> That's my conclusion after watching the game. Uh, well, I have the answer on how many times CBS showed Taylor Swift during the game. You guys want to guess? Six. You going with six? Yeah. I'm going higher because Kelsey had so many catches. I'm going to go nine. Going nine. nine. This is going to stun you. The answer is four. Again. And she was never shown in the second half. They were all first half shows. Mm. Do you think they got complaints? No. Here's what I think happened. I have another conspiracy theory. So I'll just tell you when they showed her. Travis Kelsey touchdown catch they showed her. Obvious. Going into the commercial break, they showed a replay of her watching the Travis Kelsey touchdown catch, Obvious. which I count, but you don't have to. Right. Then they showed her when they were promoting the Grammys that they're airing next Sunday. Makes sense. And then they showed her hugging her friend after the Kelsey first down catch and a timeout on the final drive of the first half. But here's why they stopped showing her. Mm. There appeared to be video of Taylor Swift being shown during that Grammy commercial. In which he appeared to say, can you leave me alone? Mm. That appeared. Uh, did you guys pick up on that? No. To the camera people? But, okay, so she's sitting there, right? They show her like, oh, the Grammys next Sunday at 7 o'clock. And you could see her look up at the screen. And it almost like she mouths, can you just leave me alone? Uh, and Oh, that makes me like her now. Oh, you like that? Oh. Right. So that was a big discussion right. point on social media. Hey, did Tay-Tay really right. say that? Was she saying <laughs> that? Did that really happen? And by the way, completely debatable. We're trying to read her lips. But since that moment, CBS only showed her one more time during the game and no times in the second half. Now, oh, there was no offense in the second half to be shown her. I, you know, and she can have a good yeah, reaction they, on a good defensive play. they showed play. her going to a break once, I remember seeing. And it was nothing was happening. Nothing Kelsey was happening. They just showed her as, like, the token Chief fan. Yeah, they could have showed her for any kind of big play. Can I just It wasn't even a big play. It just, just like, going to break. Here's, yeah. here's the Chief fan. Like, I mean, after Sneed forces the Flowers fumble, they, they could have shown her. Like, yeah, fumble! They could have done that. Where the hell are Paul Rudd, Cam from Modern Family, and Melissa Etheridge? We don't care about them anymore. I mean, that's all we saw from Chief fandom. Nah, nah because are they sleeping with the best player on the Chiefs or one of the best players on the Chiefs? 
No, I don't know who. Melissa don't know about their personal lives, but yeah. But that's the most interesting thing. Like, here's this. This is like we don't have kings and queens in the United States of America. We're better than that. We don't have princes and princesses. We let England have that, right? Mm. This is the closest thing we Cere- have in America, ceremonially, to monarchy. Would you agree? Yes. Thank you. I mean, we once had a pope on the air. What? What was that? We once had a pope on the air. We once had a. What are you talking about? I'm talking about monarchs in America. Yeah, I'm talking about. And how we don't have princesses and. What does that have to do with popes? I'm talking about monarchs. We don't have kings in the United States of America. We don't have princes. We don't have princesses. But we do, and our closest thing is celebrities. So the closest thing we have to a prince and princess in the United States of America right now is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I'd argue in the past it was Jay Z and Beyonce. Like they were. That's our king. That's yeah. our queen. Especially Beyonce. And no then they disappeared. Crazy. Yeah, they kind of disappeared. Like you don't see them in public, at least not together ever. You see her doing stuff. You see him doing stuff. What's going on with that? You got something to say about that? No, I'm just saying <laughs> they just stopped making like personal appearances together. They also stopped coming to Nets games, which is concerning. Yeah. Well, they're used, not alone. They're not. They're not. <laughs> well, they're also not invested in it any longer, are they? No, they came two years right. ago and they still weren't invested. Oh, I think it's because they suck. But or they I, could live in California. That's true. But then, no. My point is, and Tiki agreed with me. I don't know why you're arguing. It's the closest thing we have to monarchy in America is the relationship between. Okay, Travis so and who Taylor. then would be the king and queen? Well, prince and princess would be Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Well, who'd be the king and queen? <laughs> I don't think we have one anymore. Like you know how sometimes kings die and they just like move on. That's where we are right now. Like our prince and princess in the United the States of America. Celebrity in the United States is. Uh, Taylor Swift. She probably is. Yeah. yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah. And she's dating a star football player who became the prince. That's why she's the real... She's Diana. She's the queen. Yeah, and he's the other the, guy who we all prince. forgot about prince the other Charles. guy. Prince, the prince Charles. Who cares about him? <laughs> he's the king now, actually. Well, do we care? <laughs> we don't care. He's the king. But you like that comparison? Uh, Yeah, but I feel like there's got to be somebody bigger, right? No. No, for a while before he went nuts, it was Kim and Kanye. No, they would never. That's that's a horrible answer. Yeah, uh, it's not a horrible answer. Horrible answer. It's just not in the sports world. So you didn't realize how popular Beyonce they were. and Jay Z aren't in the sports world. They were the most popular people. Evan, Kim and Kanye were never Evan, the most popular. Stop. If, if Jay Z and Beyonce weren't frequently at the Barclays Center, you would not have realized how popular they You're were. You're so wrong. About, I've been a Destiny's Child fan since I was like 16 years old. Oh. I am to a, the left, to the left, everything in the bag, to the left. Shut your mouth over there. You don't realize <laughs> you have how no idea. beloved Kim and Kanye were. No, they weren't beloved. Beloved? They were not beloved. Not anymore. It's hard to put yourself there. Beloved? Were the they sports ever beloved? world? Yes. There's 40 Kardashians. Come on. Tiki, can you slap him for me because yeah, he's wrong? Yeah, I feel Thank like you. I need to. Beloved? You guys are so... Confounded. When she got robbed in France, it was maybe, like the biggest maybe, world maybe story. Maybe next in line. No. I, like, talking about Kanye. Okay. Because <laughs> there's no sports connection, you lost. No, no. I'm, t- I'm telling you the real answer. It was Jay and Beyonce... And now it's Tay Tay and Taylor Swift, and yes, that one has a sports compar- sports connection. But Jay Z and Beyonce don't have a sports connection. Huh. I, they oh, were I mean, king they... and queen long before Jay Z owned like two percent of the Nets. That's like the worst thing ever. That, that you're going to say it's a sports connection. It's not a sports connection. Why? Because he had a rap that involved Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. You what went, kind of dumb-minded you, sports fan are you? you went, Jay's a lot more than sports. You even mentioned they stopped going to Nets games. That's all you recognize I was making from. a joke about it. Well, I, it's not like I don't know. Look, we don't know them don't from beyond like, sports. I don't even like Kim Kardashian, but you're undercutting how popular she is in this country. She, she was married you, to a net, so there is a sports connection for me. I didn't bring hour. them up. Tiki, yeah. can you uh, rip them some more? Because I'm tired. <laughs> Like how I'm dumb just, that was. I'm trying to find the most famous people in America. 
God. Uh, only in America? <laughs> All right. So I was going to say Ronaldo. No, Messi. no, no, no. The whole thing was, no, no. do you even listen to the discussion? This well, is, Messi's it's here America. now. To be fair. This is all politicians. This oh, no, no, no. This nah, is nah, terrible. Nah. No, the top one is actually not a politician. Nestor Cortez. But then it becomes a lot of politicians. Wait, the most famous person in America right now. According to this U.gov. Yeah, it's Taylor Swift. No. Well, hold on. It don't is. tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell You'll me. You'll be very surprised. I'd be surprised. Is it an American? He is. Okay, then it counts. I was going to say, if it wasn't an American, I wouldn't have counted it. Okay, most popular. It's based on fame and popularity. Tom uh, Cruise. I'll do I'll do popularity. Tom Hanks. No. Tom Cruise. <laughs> the Rock. Charlie Sheen. This is, this is fourth quarter of 2023. Charlie Sheen. Nope. You said The Rock? That's yeah. a good one. The, Tom, Tom Hanks is up there. Thank you. He's 70. He's, he's fifth. Fifth. All right, so just tell us who's number one. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman? The voice. I mean, yeah. I love Morgan Freeman, but I never would have right. guessed it's number one. It's because of the voice. <sighs> By the way, uh, Kim Kardashian, more Instagram followers than Taylor Swift. That doesn't prove anything. Uh, uh, me, Sean. <laughs> you, do I have to explain that one or no? Okay. <laughs> That's what you're going to base it on? I'm just saying. Hey, by the way, speaking of comparisons, even though Sean didn't like that comparison, I got a good one for Lamar Jackson. It's a cross-sport comparison of Lamar Jackson. I'll explain it right after the Cinco, and I apologize if anyone else has said this because I think it's such a good comparison. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not the first to make this one. Lamar Jackson is Joel Embiid. Hmm. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's, try the new pretzel baconator today. All right, speaking of better poops, I'm going to give you the five teams that never recovered from epic collapses. Oh, All right, yeah. oh. after yes, I can't put the Lions there yet, but we're on a little mantle seeing where they go from here. Here we, here we go. Number five. The 8-5 and five 2011 New York Jets. That is true. Uh, they would lose to Philly. Yep. Lose to the Giants yep. in the Victor Cruz game. Yep. Finally lose to Miami. Yep. Ending a once promising season where yep. they look like build on back-to-back conference championships. And the Jets as a franchise have never made the playoffs since that 8-5. Not only that, they have had one season above 500. One Incredible. So I think that is a great comparison. There's no question about it. And I think it's a part of why when I think back to the Victor Cruz game and that season, uh, I'm as butthurt as I am because it's been over a decade and this franchise has not recovered. Haunting you forever. Yes. Forever. Number four. Brandon Staley's Chargers. Blew a 27-point halftime lead to the Jags last wildcard round. And this year, and this is very cautious in alliance, never got off the mat despite having all of that talent. Mm. We're one of the worst teams in football. And guess what? The Staley era is already over. And he also liked to go for it a lot of Yes. <laughs> Sometimes to overcome the stank of a really, really, really bad loss, you have to do something very uncomfortable. Which is? And that is fire the coach or manager. Yeah. The that's Mets, what the Chargers did. Chargers did it. They waited a year, but they did it. The Mets didn't do it after their collapse with Willie Randolph. They did it about six months later. And I'll tell you a team that did do it, and they recovered immediately. The Boston Red Sox fired Grady Little right after the collapse in 03. And that's a footnote instead of something that would be on this list. So sometimes it takes the bravery of getting rid of the person that was a part of the collapse. Yep. Obviously, we're not there with Dan Campbell, but nonetheless. Not saying that, just saying in the past. All right. Number three. The Houston Oilers franchise. Yeah. They blew a 35-3 to lead in the 1992 wildcard game to the Bills. 
They would get back to the playoffs the next year, lose to the Chiefs in the divisional round. And that was it for them basically as a franchise. They don't recover until they make the Super Bowl as the Tennessee Titans mm. in 1999. That loss effectively it, ended Oilers football It's in a tough one because they literally got to a Super Bowl six years later. But Yeah, but not in the same spot. <laughs> no, I get it. Different city, different team name. I, no, I get Imagine it. Lions fans suffering this in the NFC Championship game, taking and six years later the team leaves. Right. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember because I don't remember the, the situation around their departure. Like it wasn't a stadium thing. Like in San Diego with the Chargers, I'm trying to remember because if they had won a Super Bowl while they were in in Houston, Houston right. would, they, everything. would they have stayed? I don't know. I mean, I, I know that that's a true story with a bunch of baseball teams. Like I always heard, if there was no strike and the Expos won the World Series, yeah. they would have gotten a stadium. I don't know if that would have been the case with them. Yeah, I mean, they were getting to Nashville ahead of it. Obviously, a footnote in the movie cast away the whole deal. Hmm. By the way, based on that logic, uh, you've mapped out what should be number one. But go ahead. Okay. Number two. Joe Torre's Yankees. Oh. The 4 collapse led to a reversal of fortunes. To this day, we still view the Red Sox over the Yankees in big moments. The Yankees did taste an 9 World Series that we're fortunate of, but those were Joe Girardi's Yankees. The 4 collapse effectively ended the Joe Torre trust around here with the Yankees. And the Yankees have been different ever since. Even right. though they won the World Series in 09, there's this feeling of they're not the Yankees anymore. I don't know if you put the Yankees there. I mean, they're constantly in the postseason, but, except for this year. But that's that they're not all collapses are created equal. Some mm. don't get back to the playoffs. Some don't get back to the hierarchy I mean, they were. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I don't know if I put it as high as he did, but I yeah. kind of get it. That was, That's like number five to me. By the way, would, I'm a Yankee fan. And yeah, the Jets are ahead of the Yankees on that one. Right. I would think you would, oh, good for you, putting one of your teams up there. No. Well, only when they're right. I don't think that one's right. <laughs> I just right. disagree with it. Number one. It's the Falcons. Yeah. I, I mean, they blew the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. By the way, Shanahan that's comes facts. back yesterday. Seven years later, they're still stammering around the league as a middling franchise. Yeah. yeah. That's a fact. Because I mean, poor Matt led- Ryan's got to work with Tiki now. <laughs> it, led, it led to the downfall of of d- that whole system. Yeah. Like, everything collapsed. And, and Matt was great that year. I, yeah. He was the MVP. No, no, I think that's a good one. I just thought when you talked about losing badly and then losing the team, I thought of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Like, the Cleveland Browns went to three title games in four years. They infamously had the drive against John Elway. And, like, five years later, they don't exist. Well, more like ten years And the Ravens end up winning the Super Bowl. And then the Ravens, right. And Belichick's gone. The Ravens win the Super Bowl. Browns come back. And what have they done since they've come back? They've been in the playoffs a handful of times. Well, and the, well, let me ask that question again. If the Browns had won a Super Bowl one of those years, do they leave? I don't know. The Armodell thing, yeah. I don't know. Armodell felt like a snake, so I don't know. Yeah. You know what's different about the Houston Oilers and Cleveland Browns well, that don't work wait, with wait. those baseball comparisons is that they had fan support. Yeah. Like, those other teams lost because they didn't have the fan support. Like, you can't say that about Cleveland and Houston. It just came to me. Evan's whole opening take today was what, Evan? For anybody Losers in the corner. lose. Losers lose, and the Lions always lose. Yes. Like the Jets, like the Knicks, like the Mets, like the Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians. Like, when you're a loser, it's in your DNA. The Vikings, you just lose. I'm a loser. I'm going to apply your theory. Go ahead. If Art Modell never moves the Browns, does Tiki have a Super Bowl ring? Because ultimately, <laughs> losers lose. That's true. <gasps> 
The I Giants think. lost to the Ravens, where they have lost <laughs> to the Cleveland oh, Browns. That's interesting. That's a good one. That's a good question. Oh, yes. There's a lot of that. The things could have been hypothetical. There's a lot of hypotheticals, and thank you, Sean. Cinco all de right. five every day at 5 o'clock. It's like for all mankind. You watch for all mankind? No. It's on Apple? No. It's about what happens if the space race never ended. Oh, crap. I want to watch it. You should definitely watch it. You've got it. me interested, and you used one sentence. It's amazing. Because it's all it's very political and it becomes a cold war on the moon. Oh, I like it. Yeah, you will like it. There's I've, a movie I've binged the whole season. There's a movie coming out. I saw the, the trailer for it, in which it's the International Space Station, we're okay. all chilling, and all of a sudden we look down and we see war breaks out on Earth. And the Russians get a call from the government saying, You gotta take over the International Space Agency. <laughs> and we're fighting in like, the in the in the space yes, station. That's the movie. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I think it's called the IOS, International. What, what, what is that called again? The, the International Space Station. IS, uh, ISS. ISS. International Space Station. Wait, that, Station. Yeah. ISS. Yeah. Okay. Where would you get IOS? That should your iPhone. That's yeah, I have no idea. I think I was confused by that. Right. Anyhow, Joel Embiid and Lamar Jackson. Now think about this for a second. Mm. There's no denying the greatness of regular season Joel Embiid. Yeah. We all saw what he did about a week ago. We also saw him duck out of playing in Denver, but that's another story. He's won MVPs. Right. That's and he's, not a competitive thing, by the way. Uh, excuse me? I don't think it's a competitive thing. That Joel decided not to play Denver? Yeah. In Denver? Yeah. Well, he's not playing tonight, so that's a sign that maybe he's hurt. Well, uh, I don't think it's hurt. I think it's some medical issue that's not disclosed. Oh, you think so? He doesn't want to play in the thin air? Yeah. Okay, well, what happens if they're in the NBA Finals? Against the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, it doesn't? <laughs> By the way, based on the theory I'm laying out, don't worry about that. <laughs> you get to the finals. But there's no denying. Like, Joel Embiid's a great player. Right. Like, as much as I may get on him, he is a great and, player. And so is Lamar. Who is unique in his own way. Unique in his own way. They're writing Hall of Fame careers. Joel Embiid and his basketball team, the Philadelphia 76ers, have never gotten past the semifinals. They have never gotten to an Eastern Conference Finals. Never. And so you look at Joel the way I do, and you say, that's a great player, but. That's a great player, but. And that's Lamar Jackson for now. Yeah. Now, Lamar has time to change that, just Embiid does. I think Lamar's got more time to change that than Embiid, yeah, but that's just, a different story. He just turned 27, so he's got plenty of time. But he's a two-time MVP, no denying where that takes you as an NFL player. We went through the list last week. If you're a two-time MVP, you're an all-time great. But as of right now... He hasn't gotten to the big one well, like Joel Embiid. So the question with that statement, and mm-hmm. you might be right, and the comparison is it's loose, but it, it, it's applicable because of the lack of deep success that is championship success that it, you know, conference and then obviously major, uh, the, uh, the ultimate one. But what are you going to do about it? Like, do you get rid of Joel Embiid? No. Do you move on from Lamar Jackson? No. You regret that you're paying him $55 million a year? No. Like, what do you do? And so the one thing I hope that doesn't happen with the Baltimore Ravens that feels like is happening with the 76ers is that they start making excuses about everybody around Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. right? And so it becomes everybody else's fault. It can't be Joel's fault. It can't be how he works with teams. It can't his teammates. It can't be any of that stuff. It's got to be who's around him. So let's get rid of the coats. Let's trade this guy. Let's let's rebuild this in a different way. Now try that, right? Yeah, that didn't work. Let's let's get rid of this guy. Maybe get rid of the coach and you know, change the GM. All right, let's try it this way, mm-hmm. right? You keep doing everything around you to make it look different when. It, that might not be the answer at all. I hope the Ravens don't do that. My answer is not, and I would say this if I was a 76er fan, 
And I would say this if I'm a Raven fan. The answer is not to get rid of them. No. And that would be the dumbest thing you could do. Lamar Jackson is an incredibly special player. Joel Embiid is an incredibly special player. What I would do if I ran the 76ers of the Ravens is keep trying. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I know it's a boring answer, but I'd keep right. trying. But as of right now, we are witnessing two all-time great players put up monster regular seasons doing things we've rarely seen before. He's a two-time MVP in Lamar Jackson. He isn't even 26. Joel Embiid is putting up stats. Like, you could argue the year Embiid is having this year in the NBA is one of the great statistical seasons of all time. And guess what? (laughs) You become a legend by winning championships. Right. And if Embiid doesn't win a championship, just like Lamar did not win a championship... We'll all talk about your greatness as a regular season player. We will give you the bouquets for that because you deserve it. But to get to that next pantheon, like if you, Joel Embiid, want to be the greatest big man of all time, well, what did Kareem do? What did Wilt do? What did Shaq do? They all won. (laughs) If you want to be Lamar Jackson, one of the great quarterbacks of all time, What did Patrick Mahomes do? What did Tom Brady do? What did everyone not named Dan Marino do? They won. So I'm not telling you to blow it up. That'd be lunacy. I'm just saying I'm witnessing as a sports fan two great players who have perfected the regular season. But come playoff time, it ain't enough. You know who this sounds like? You could have said the exact same thing. And it just just popped into my head. And it took forever. What sport? Football. Took forever to break through despite being exceptional at what he did. I think I know your answer, but I want you to say it. John Elway. Oh, I was going to say Andy Reid, but go, go, that's good. John Elway. John Elway. John Elway comes yes. in the league in 1983. That's true. They are 9-7, and seven, and then from that point on, they're 13-3, and 11-5, 11-5, 10-4, losing the wild card, lose a division, don't make the playoffs, despite being 11-5, and five, lose the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, Miss the playoffs, lose the Super Bowl. No, don't make the playoffs. Lose the conference. Don't make the playoff. Lose the uh, wild card. Don't make the playoffs. Don't make the playoffs. Lose the division around. Win two Super Bowls. Yeah. Peace out. At the end, yes, no, right. I get you. <laughs> right, so, including beating my team. Yeah. Right. So it it really reminds me of Dan. Like well, it's like it's hard to like put this story of Lamar Jackson ahead of itself. Like you can't start writing the. Well, they'll never win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson, or the 76ers will never win a championship with Joel Embiid. I don't know what the example is in basketball, but I'm sure there is one very similar. If you're a great player, I believe it or not, I think it took Wilt a while. I'd have to look it up, yeah. but I think it took Will Chamberlain but a while to win. But your your answer is right. Just keep trying. Right. Don't don't get sour on it. Don't be like, oh, he's not that. Oh, he's so flawed. Oh, he's such a great athlete, but oh, he's just flawed in these moments. You can't have that mentality. You have to just keep. Pounding at it. You got to keep plugging away. Yeah, and it's funny. You said John Elway was a great example. He got the Super Bowls, didn't win one until late in his career. Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy Reid, until 2019, was considered a great coach who can't win. Right. Ask Philly fans. They'll tell you. Great coach who can't win. Great coach who can't win. They didn't like him. As crazy as that sounds, he went to four straight championship games, and they hated him. Because they didn't win. Right. Because they won, but they didn't win enough. It's kind of like what we're talking about with these guys. And Andy Reid in 2019, when they finally broke through and won a Super Bowl, it was, wow, he finally won the big Mm -hmm. one. And now he was able to tackle on another, and he has a chance to get another. And now we're having discussions of, is he the greatest of all time? Or how does he become it? Right. 
Meanwhile, right. five years ago, he was uh, choking, as they would say. Yep. So you have a chance to rewrite the script. You have a chance to change things. But as of right now, as we sit here right now in January of 2024, that's where Joel Embiid is. That's where Lamar Jackson is. It is. It is. It's but a tough I, place to be. But I hope that Lamar, and I think Lamar is this way, I hope he looks at the history of guys like John Elway and doesn't get discouraged. Because think about that. John Elway was 20-something when he first came in. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a Super Bowl until he was 37. The last two years of his career? 37. Yeah. 37. Crazy. <laughs> he was an MVP early, right? No, MVP he was. MVP and I think his fifth year. And he got to it. Super Bowls, which I guess helps, but right. still, like that's not the end. It's right. winning at Super Bowl. He was Bowl. an MVP at 27. Mm-hmm. Only one he won regular season MVP. Finished runner-up later on in his career. But he won an MVP at 27, which was very rare at that time. Uh, back in the in the in the eighties, and he didn't win a Super Bowl until he was thirty seven. It's never it took too, him a decade. It's never too late. That right. is the truth. Let's go to David and Elmont. What's up, David? How you doing, uh, Evan? How you doing, Tiki? What up? Uh, yeah, I just want to bring up something, Evan. You said something about Taylor Swift saying something to the camera, like, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like enough of yeah. filming me, whatever. Yes. Yes. I don't think she would ever say that because. The comedian on the Golden Globes made a comment about it. She got very upset that he even said something about that. So I think she really does care about being shown more on TV. It only benefits her and Travis Kelsey. So yeah, I don't but you know what? I, I got to give her – I got. she's sitting in a booth. She's eating some food. Right. She's watching her man play some football. Maybe she doesn't want the camera on her all the time. Right. You know what? I know what that's like. I'll tell you a story. I was watching Sunday Night Baseball, the Yankees against the Mets at City Field. And I was scoring the game, and it was a very tense moment. I forget the exact game, Teak, but it was a close game. And all of a sudden, some ESPN camera guy comes down, sits right next to me, and sticks that camera in my face. <laughs> because you're scoring. Because I'm scoring. Yeah, I wasn't. I'm not, I'm not anybody. Right. He just stuck it in my face. Like, oh, this would be a great shot for ESPN. Geek scoring the game. So I turned around, and I said, excuse me, what are we, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, I was going to put you on the TV. I was like, I don't want to be on the TV. <laughs> He's like, well, I think this shot will be interesting. I said, I don't care what's interesting. I don't want to be on TV. Right. It's a tense moment in the game. I'm not looking for my five minutes of fame here. I don't, I'm don't. i not interested. Can you please get away from me? He's like, well, you know, I think it's a good shot. I said, I'm going to call security. <laughs> like, I pay a lot of money for these tickets. I'm making a request. I don't want to be on the TV. I don't want it. I've been on before during games. It didn't go well. Get me out of here. Didn't go well for the Mets. You know when I was on TV? No. You're not aware? I'm not aware. Please tell me this story as an addendum to your previous story. Do you know about Game 7 of the 2006 NLCS? <laughs> you know about that? Yadier Molina, two-run homer, ninth uh, inning. Adam yeah. Wainwright, who joined yeah. the Rico Brown. You yes. can download the podcast. here. my Rico. The Rico was good. Had nothing to do with Wayno, but after Yadi hit the home I run. I got the sense that you liked him at the end. Me and Wayno had a nice time together. Yes. He can still go bleep himself. <laughs> right after Yadi hit the home run, they did crowd shots. Okay. And one of the crowd shots was me, and it appears as if I'm crying, which mm-hmm. I was not. I was just very upset. So I- I've done it. I don't want it. And I know what Taylor Swift feels like. I don't want to be on TV anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm done. All right, you showed me. Okay, you got it. Uh, done. I oh, let's score it. games and go shag. <laughs> Honestly, you're telling the camera guy you're going to call security. What a jerk. Why? I asked him nicely three times. I didn't want to be on. Guy's got a job to do, Ev. You're scoring a game. What's the big day? Show you for two seconds scoring a Sean, game. It's not like you had to look, smile, and wave. If you make a request, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. I know. I did I it know. respectfully. I wasn't a jerk. I said Nobody's... it the fourth time. I was like, enough. I don't want to be on TV. Nobody's saying respectfully, but it's not like you had to take your shirt off and go, woo, look at me. You 
just shit that you keep scoring the game. You pretend the camera's not no. there. No. I mean, you're different than me. You love attention, okay? You're he's, a media whore. I'm a radio, not. He's a radio guy. Yeah. Here's voice, hey. not his mm. face. That's right. Thank you, Essence. But again, <laughs> you know, you should <laughs> right now on TV. Yes. Speaking of the radio, weren't you also on the radio uh, broadcast something about ice cream or something? Wasn't that a thing? Where Howie Rose was describing something? Maybe my memory isn't as good as it used to be. Something about an, you eating ice cream or something. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, you said this on the radio before. I was trying to be. No, nah, I remember what the story is now. Um, Tiki probably hasn't heard it. I have no idea. I don't know. What I, this did not make the book because I could not. Really? Find the actual date. And I wanted to be true to the scorecards. Gotcha. And my book is coming out April 3rd or April 2nd. It's called My Mets Bible. <laughs> Amazon right now. You can buy can it. Can we get the right date? Yeah. <laughs> April 2nd, April 3rd. Just pre-order it Just now. Just pre-order it. Yeah. pre-order it. It'll get there when it gets there. Exactly. Buy the book, buy the book, buy the book. Yeah, what the hell's the difference? My Mets Bible. Um, I had a relationship with, with this uh, woman. Okay, we were together for a couple years. Nice nice girl, right? And we broke up. And sometimes you don't plan where you're going to break up. Sometimes it just happens. So we happen to be breaking up at City Field that night. What? <laughs> and Howie Rose. You had to know it was coming. It's complicated. Howie Rose did not know this, yeah. so he started broadcasting how Evan's uh, girlfriend just left and she came back with ice cream. I wonder if uh, he paid her. I forget what he said. He was breaking down the ice cream that me and this uh, lovely young lady were having. In a helmet cup. And needless, uh, he didn't know we were actually break. It was the breakup conversation. So you were having a breakup <laughs> conversation while eating ice cream at... Shea? Uh, this was City Field. Yeah. So it's at City yes. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not me, it's you. Why Why were you eating ice cream? You really want to get the breakdown on this? I just don't understand. Like, like why we ice, ice cream? cream? Why not get a beer or a shot of she vodka? She wanted ice cream. She was upset that, you know, we had the conversation. I I don't blame Wait, her. So you had the conversation <laughs> and then she went and got ice cream? What are you, yeah. Derek Jeter leaving her a uh, you know, little gift basket? I think she wanted to get some ice cream. I don't know. I don't remember her I, thought you, at the you, time. You, did she initiate or you initiate the, the breakup? The breakup? Yes. The breakup was more... Because pu- it's it's one of two things. If yeah. you initiated, then you're a jerk for doing it at a Mets game no, no, okay. over ice cream. What was the and score? she initiated, and you knew this was coming, why in the hell did you take her to the game? We <laughs> had a... I would say it was more of a mutual breakup mm-hmm. that I think we had philosophical differences. <laughs> Such as she wanted other dates other than go to City Field? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not that. It was We had some philosophical Stop differences. Stop scoring West Coast games from home. It had nothing oh. to do with baseball. And it was nothing bad, all right? It was all fine. Oh. It was a nice mutual. We No one was upset, okay? There was no crying. Oh, there was so no that's yelling. That's why ice cream was okay. Ice cream was okay. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. You guys break up. Howie Rose describes it. She fetches Mr. Softy from behind the concourse, behind the plate and the helmet. Cup. So many jokes. Yes. No, no, no. That's just bizarre. Why that has? How do you guys continue to finish this game together? It was the ninth inning in a close we game. We were in a good yeah. spot. No, I mean, it was, it was, it was, we understood where, what was. So going we're on. done. We're breaking up. But you know, it's three two. So we're gonna have some ice cream. But well, we have to leave the game early. It's not like Jacob Degrom signed with another team. Like, why do we have to leave? I just odd. She was all right with staying. We remained friends. We actually went to a Nets game. Did uh, you go a few months uh, later. vanilla chocolate or so? <laughs> I don't remember the ice cream part. I just remember the uh, the breakup part. Yeah, it happens.
And listen, Tiki, sometimes you can't plan where you break up. No, true. But it happens. But again, there's a high percentage chance that Evan was going to end up getting broken up with at a game, considering that's a high percentage Why of where you have to assume I was broken up with. I'm taking the freaking high road right now, and you're the one saying, wow, because somebody, somebody, somebody that gets out of their seat at a stadium, walks upstairs to get ice cream, is not somebody significantly upset by the breakup. Yeah, good point. I think that it was seen coming Solid. by, uh, by uh, <laughs> we both saw it coming. <laughs> I don't want to get into the details she of it. She would stand up at baseball games. Evan doesn't like that, so we dumped her. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. By the way, it worked out for the best. Yeah, no, it was fine. I'm and, glad. I'm thrilled. Trust me. No offense it, to her, but I ended up uh, with my wife. I'm and, very happy. Of course, and it didn't make my Mets Bible coming out in April by the book. The reason it didn't make it, my wife knew about this, was I felt difficult picking a random game and mm. claiming that this breakup happened at the game. Uh, I was going to have it in the book, and I thought they would. I would have gone in more detail. I would have been more personal. Right. I would have told the whole story. But my issue was I didn't know the specific game. What? And I felt like I'd be lying to anyone who don't bought it. Don't you write it. notes in your book? I did, but I could not. I Honestly, dude, I did oh, so much by the research. Way, Susie and me broke up today. <laughs> and the Mets are three out of first place. You would think I wrote that. Right. I didn't. Seriously. No, I can find it. Trust me, I went through all those games oh, from that season. Come on. And I found no evidence of the game. I didn't find record of what game I took her to. <laughs> so I don't want to lie. This is actually, I have to back Evan in this part. Thank you. Could you imagine whoever broke up with who, now there's ice cream involved, Evan looking over with the pe- first of all finishing the game the balls on Evan in that right. spot to finish scoring the game in this spot but looking over at her after they break up Susie dumped me and like, you can't put that pen to paper sitting next to her at this game no you have to write code words uh, okay it's like the list like do you have a list you don't write the list you have code words okay you understand yes. oh, did yeah. you write it like a homonym where it's like the different things no I never wrote anything but I'm mm. saying if I did write something I would have done code that's unbelievable <laughs> But, yeah, I wanted to include it in the book. I just, I felt like I'd be lying. How could I pick a random, like a Tuesday night against the Marlins and make up a story? Like, everything needed to be genuine. You don't about even remember what the happened. game? You don't remember who was playing? I'm pretty sure they played the Marlins, but I can't, again, I can't confirm it. If I couldn't confirm, it's not making the book. How many bad Marlin Met moments right. have happened in Queens? <laughs> Way too many. Way too many. We'll come back with your calls, 877-337-6666. Plus... It hit me last night after watching the Lions collapse down the stretch. This is us. This is how it's probably ending for the Jets once they put things together with Aaron Rodgers. And no offense, I don't want to be a hater. This is probably how it's ending for the Knicks once Julius is healthy. Like, when you're a loser franchise like the Lions, like the Jets, like the Knicks, like the Mets, it always ends badly. We examine how this will end badly for all of us. Coming up, plus more of your calls, 877-337-6666. Maybe I'm crazy, but the Lions collapsing the way they did, as painful as it is, there's another kind of pain where you can see your season end that actually is worse, and it's something I've experienced. And that is the question of what if, and that's with a major injury. When guys get hurt, I think that leads more to, well, we never really know what would have happened if we were healthy. So when I think about my worst nightmare, which would be the Jets put it all together next year, and here they are in the AFC title game against Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, in what way, what horrible way would it end? Would they blow a 24-7 lead? Would they collapse? What would happen? And I think what would actually pain me more, and I saw it with the Nets, is when you start losing, guys. And you start to wonder, well, we would have won if. Like, the we would have won if thing 
is the worst because your brain tells you if we were healthy, we would have won. Yeah. So in my darkest, darkest moments, last night, 2 a.m., woke up in a cold sweat. That's what it was. It was Jets Chiefs AFC title game, 17-10, Jets at the half, Rodgers is bowling, and then he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And we never see him in the second half, and it's uh, Jacoby Brissett quarterbacking. And I think in a weird way, that would be the losery way it ends for the Jets next year. I hope not. Oh, thank you, Tiki. <laughs> thank you, Tiki. I'm, I'm going to get you out of your loser mentality at oh, some thanks. point, middle of next season. Well, it's only going to happen if a team wins. They'll <laughs> snap right back into it in January. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. You get me out of it for five minutes. For the Knicks, like, what would it be? Blowing a 3 0 mm-hmm. lead? Like, you're there, you're on the precipice, they're dogs, they're there, you're playing the Bucs, you have them down, you're about to beat them, and all of a sudden, they're the team that blows a 3-0 lead. That'd be painful, right, Lugie? That would be awful. I, I'm glad you put that in the atmosphere, by the well, way. No, but just, yes, it would I, be gut-wrenching. That thought hasn't gone through your mind? I'm trying to stay positive, but absolutely, yeah, you never want to blow a lead like that. Now, I thought about it more in the NBA Finals. You mentioned the Bucs, so let's just go Nuggets NBA Finals. Oh, so you're going all the yeah, way? Yeah, we're going all the way to the Finals. Yeah, yeah. Would that make it do worse? Damage, would that oh, make it absolutely. worse or better? The closer you are, because I say this about all the time about the teams I hate in this town. I won't mention who they are. I want to get right there, and then I want it ripped from them so that they could <laughs> suffer like I've suffered with some of my teams. The you're Mets. evil, man. Hey. He's an evil bastard, man. You ever hear Sean talk? That He represents a lot of giant and Yankee fans. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mario in Long Beach. What's up, Mario? How you doing, guys? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Mario? Yeah, good. I, I thought uh, earlier on when you uh, gave that explanation on Lamar Jackson, I thought it was brilliant about the way you were saying that he was getting away from what he was, you know? Mm. It sort of reminds me of... Uh, Many years ago, I don't know if you watched the Leonard Duran fight, right? Leonard decided he wanted to slug with Duran, oh, and he yeah. lost. Yeah, right. Where he got away from what he does. I believe that if Lamar would have ran a few times, it would have been a different game. No, a lot right. of times he had a chance to pull it down and run it, he didn't. Well, I think I think they needed to call more runs. Also, I mean, they, Lamar had eight eight carries, but the running backs had what six between the rest of them? Well, Whatever they it was. had it was sixteen com- in total. Yeah, they had a combined, it was crazy, five carries from running backs. Yes. And then there were two more from Zay Flowers as a wide receiver. So they ran as a team 16 times, eight from Lamar, five from running backs. Mm. They just didn't run enough. No, at all. Especially against a defense that was so susceptible to the run. Now, it's hard to stick with it because Pat Mahomes does what Pat Mahomes does, and he keeps you off the field for so long that you that you feel anxious. But in actuality, the game wasn't away from them. And so, like, it's hard in that moment to just step back and, like, say, let's just do what we do, especially when Pat Mahomes feels like he's going to score 50 points in the game. And early on, it did feel that way, right? even though things clearly slowed down. Bill is in Brooklyn. How are you, Bill? Hey, good afternoon, guys. What's up? What's up? Before I get to my Dan Campbell point, if I may say, Evan, for me, as the biggest Knicks fan in the world, I think the bigger shoulder injury coming out of this weekend was CM Punk, I may say. Oh, yeah. I just, read that, I just read that news, that, and we'll discuss it coming up at 6 o'clock because we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble for an hour. CM Punk may be out for a significant period of time with, a, I guess, a peck issue. Dude, he's got to retire, I think. Torn labrum, they said. Torn labrum. Jeez, oh. man. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now to the Dan Campbell point. Kiki, you were saying earlier before about the percentages of kicking a field goal over 45 yards and all that. Yeah. My question to you would be, what would you rather kick? Uh, 
a field goal down 10 in the middle of the third quarter <laughs> or a field goal with the game on the line you nailed it. just 100%. recovering an onside kick. 100%. You're right. You're right. Kick it now because there's less stress, right? There's less. Yeah. There's, right. There's, yeah. There's, there's less. Man, this is actually on me. When there's 10 minutes left or, or seven minutes left in the third quarter, which was the first time, and they were up by 14 at that time, I mean, there's no pressure. I mean, it's almost, I don't want to say that's an easy kick because it's still the playoffs. It's still the NFC championship game. But you, if you miss it, so what? If you make it, you're up three scores. Mm. It's not like, oh, man, end of the game. If I miss this, we lose. Oh, it's far <laughs> different. Yeah. It's so different. Far, far, far different. Now, I think it's just a lot. To me, it, feel, it feels like a lack of familiarity with Badgley. Yeah, because he's only been there for about a month, month and a half. And we mentioned it earlier, he had not attempted a 40-plus yard field goal or longer Mm -hmm. outside all season long. Right. But here's where analytics and stats and percentages don't work, and it's impossible to measure it. It's the way I felt sitting at home watching this game, the way a lot of us felt. When you turn the ball over on downs, which is essentially a turnover, and you hand the football back to San Francisco in a two-score game, that building comes alive. Yeah. And so it's not just the fans that are louder. When Brock Purdy runs back on that field, he's even thinking, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And I think shoulders may slump on the other side of your Detroit. And those are things that can't be measured. Like, it felt as if that was a momentum change. And kicking a field goal, well, yeah, you could miss it. I mm-hmm. get it. You know, you have a chance to just kind of take a deep breath and say, okay, we canceled out the three points they got. And now that momentum change that we just saw doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, because that was real. I, I, and it's always real. We all real. felt it. We all felt it. It's funny. Like I, like, I don't feel like momentum's a real thing, but it does. It does. It happens. Like, I remember it even as a player. It's like, oh, God, here we go. Can we just get a the champion, the, uh, the wild card game against the 49ers? It was all momentum. Right. Because we had a pretty good game. Like, statistically, you look at it, and you're like, hey, you guys played pretty well. But it was just momentum shifts. And I don't know if this sticks with momentum, but you could tell me, at playing the position, after they fail on fourth down because Josh Reynolds can't hold on to the ball, mm-hmm. and the crowd gets excited, and then Brandon Ayuk makes that incredible play where right. it tips off of Vildor, and they score a touchdown. What do the Lions do yeah. when they get the ball back? On yeah. the very first play, Jameer Gibbs puts the ball on the ground. Yep. That felt like it was a part of the same momentum. Yeah, and I don't even know whose fault that was, but it felt... It felt like he stepped the wrong way because Jared Goff was opening the other way, and he's like, oh, crap. Mm. And then he gets back in the right lane, but he takes the handoff like this as opposed to with the pocket like running backs are supposed to take it. But in that situation, because I've been there, I had a few fumbles in my career like that where I just got the handoff wrong. You have to just go down. Right. Like you can't keep – I'll figure this out as I'm going forward – and then someone hits you, and you have no 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 chance of holding on to oh, the football. No doubt. Jay's on Long Island. What's up, Jay? Hey, what's going on, Evan? Yo, what's I up? can't tell you how much I agree with you um, in terms of like getting to the point where you're about to do so well with your team, whether no matter what sport it is. Because mm-hmm. we experienced that last year with the Rangers, right? They were up two and zero, and they scored five goals in each game, I believe. Yeah, and the momentum was through the roof. We thought we were going to sweep the Devils, and then what happened? I they completely but, lost it all. You know what? You know which one I think is bigger than that, though? I mean, I don't want to be a jerk on the Rangers, but you brought up the Rangers was the year before in the conference finals. Yeah, because they had already won two rounds, and then we're up 2-0 on the road. Like, think mm-hmm. about that. 
Think about that. The New York Rangers, and this was like the birth of this kind of run that they're on now. What do you want to call it? The Shesterkin era? I guess we can call it that. Yeah, sure. We'll call it the Igor era. They go on. That sounds and sounds better, by the way. The Igor era? Igor era. Instead of the Shesterkin era? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they go on this run where they get out of the first round winning a tough series. They get out of the second round winning another tough series. And here they are in the conference finals against the dynasty in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. And they win game one at the Garden easily. They win game two. They're up 2-0, and they led in game three. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a Ranger hater... I'll admit this, hand up in the air. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> they're going to dig. First of all, they're going to beat the Lightning, the team the Islanders couldn't beat two years in a row. They're going to get to the Cup Finals, and everything turned. And Ranger fans, and I don't, I, now I'm IHO now, IHO Independent Hockey Observer when I say this. When you're that close, I don't care how young your roster is, I don't care how good you think the front office is, getting there is tough. And there's no guarantee you're going to get back. So what happens well, the following year? They blow that 2-0 yep. lead our caller was talking about with New Jersey. This season, I can't tell you what's going to happen. Like coach gets fired. Coach right. gets fired, right? You have a completely different administration now. Because he can get there but not really close the deal. And then, well, the problem with it is that you don't know, like, the the intangibles. Like, the things that you can't predict. Like Philip Heidel being out for the year now. Look at yeah, you all right? over that. So I just I my saw man. it. It was like major news up here. Yeah, he does, but we'll let it pass. Like, if all it takes is like one of your important players to be done. There's, then there's no chance you're getting back. Well, I, <laughs> to that point, I give a young core. I give you another one that we witnessed in this town, and I don't include the Rangers. And maybe it's the bias of '94, even though that's been a long time ago. I don't include the Rangers as a loser team, though I probably should. They've won one cup in like a hundred years. So maybe I should include them in the losery of New York with the Knicks and the mm-hmm. Mets and the Jets and all that. But I'll give you another example. The New York Yankees. And what I mean by that mm. is 2017. Oh, yeah. They're in the seventh game of the ALCS right. on the doorstep with this young team. And when they lost brutally to the Astros, cheating or not, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. The assumption was they'll be back. Right. And the truth is they haven't really been back. They got to an LCS, yeah. but they haven't gotten to that moment, the seventh game of the ALCS, no, where they, they got, are nine innings away from a pennant. Right, they got rolled. They got rolled. Well, in 19, they came relatively close, but not as close. And then, yes, two years ago, they got rolled. Yeah. So let the Rangers of two years ago, let the Yankees of 17, let the Mets of 15, they were damn close, let the Nets in 21, let it all be a guide. Just because you're there and you're close and you're young and you're like, I got all the time in the world. You don't have all the time in the world. Doesn't actually mean that you're there. (laughs) Right. Got to break through. Yeah. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.